Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. You're going to have an amazing night tonight. I know some of the special callers. Well, you're all special, but got a couple words for going to be hearing from some people we haven't heard from in a while, so I'm excited about that. We have uh, some announcements and things to go over before we get started tonight. I was uh, doing a mic check right before the show, and Michael Todd asked me if we would be doing Philip Church's memorial show tonight, and we I'm, I'm coordinating that with some people to make sure we can get his family members here. Um, so that is going to be on a special night all on its own. It's not going to be incorporated into a regular Thursday night. It's going to be uh, an, an off night and a show that's entirely dedicated to Philip. So we can just spend some time with him. So listen for that. Uh, I'll let you know as soon as I get that coordinated. I'll let you know plenty in plenty of time and uh, so we can get that ready. Next thing I want to let you know, the number to call in if you'd like to call in and read tonight is... 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you are interested in doing a workshop with us, and this is important because we, I, I, I have a couple coming up. I have some that I'm personally going to do. I know that Written and Pain's going to do one. Mom Old Age wants to do one. A couple other people as well. But I am going to be gone. Let me pull up the calendar. You know, if I knew I was going to talk about this, I would have. Uh, yeah, I would have. Um, the 6th of August. The 6th of August, I am going to be up. You can Google it if you want because it's pretty amazing. It's an old 1800s ghost town on top of this giant, giant freaking mountain that has like razor edge roads. It's, you you drive down these little narrow roads and they're actually stagecoach roads. You look down one side of the out one window and you're looking straight down a bazillion foot cliff. You look out the other window, straight down. You're I mean you're literally driving over razorbacks all over this town. It is the most or uh mountainous, most desolate, wild, beautiful, crazy, insane, amazing place I've ever ever been and I'm going to be gone for a week in August I'm taking a vacation so on Thursday August 6th we will be doing a uh, workshop so if you want to get a hold of me before then and have yours played on the 6th then let me know also I am going to I'm not sure what the date is yet and I'm not sure how well I'm going to be able to talk but I am having some surgery done um, some of you, it doesn't matter why. It just, you know, all of us had slap happy boyfriend at one time and a car accident and missed, it broke my jaw. I, I had a broken jaw and then I messed it up even worse in a car accident, but I had a broken jaw and I wasn't allowed to go to the doctor and I couldn't get it fixed. And so it, it causes me some problems and I'm having some surgery done to correct that. 
so that I don't have such a hard time speaking sometimes and biting my own tongue. <laughs> of course, I don't know if I can blame it on that. Anyway, but I'm going to be having that surgery done on my jaw, and I'm not sure when that's going to be. I know it's going to be after the first week of August when I get back, so we may possibly need to have one of you put together a workshop or when I can do one for an additional Thursday coming up after that first week of August, depending on how well I can speak. And if, if I can, you know, speak coherently at all, <laughs> we will do the show. You'll just have to bear with me because I, I don't like missing these. You know how I am. We've been doing this at what, 14 years, the end, it'll be 14 years in, in uh, October that we've been here doing this. So I do need somebody for August 6th. So if you want to do something, let me know right away. We can pre-record these workshops. So you can just uh, record them on your computer if you want. And then load them to the show's library and play them that way. That way you can do all the editing and things that you might like to do prior to them being on the air. We can do a combination of a pre-recorded and a live show where we maybe we play your track at the beginning, your workshop portion at the beginning, and then come on live afterwards to answer questions and that sort. Or we can do the entire thing live and have people call in and participate during the show. If you can't, if you don't have a way to pre-record this on your computer, which I guess I just found out recently that I'm one of the dinosaurs left in this world who is literally you know, tied to their desktop computer because I guess everybody's using their phones now. They don't even have computers anymore. What, what kind of crazy people are you that can do stuff on your phone like that? Anyway, so if you don't have a way to pre-record on a home computer or something like that, then let me know. Send me a message. Let me know. And I can help you record it through a, a phone call. I'll do a phone call with you and then maybe we can interview in the beginning and talk about what it is you're interested in doing and then just have you all shut up and you can go into your workshop from there. They can be anywhere from a half hour up to three hours long, depending on how much time you need. Just shoot me a message. Probably the easiest place to do that would be on Facebook. So if you're not on my contacts list, you can meet, reach me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together and we will get that scheduled and we will be good to go. The next thing I want to do, and this is very important, is I want to thank our sponsors, the people who stepped up to the plate and helped to uh, cover part of our 2020 broadcasting license for the year, keeping us on the air with you guys every week for 2020. And those people are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, a.k.a. One Sapien. We have not heard from him in a while, and he is sorely missed. I need to shoot him a message and find out what's going on with him. So, yeah, James, a.k.a. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hulm. Thank you guys so much for helping out to cover the license for 2020. Appreciate you guys. All right. Next. I am going to be giving you your homework assignment. So grab your journals, grab your spiral notebooks, whatever you write this down in. If you don't get it written down, don't panic. You can come back at the end of the show and listen to the archives and write and pause and rewrite and get everything jotted down. It'll all be there in the archives for you. Just like if you're ever sitting there one night and you get stuck and you can't think of something, just open up one of our shows. Within the first 15 minutes of the show, you're going to have some inkwell inspiration ready to send you off and running and that's what we're calling that now um we're calling this segment inkwell inspiration 
And I believe it was Shelly Gambino that helped me come up with that. This is this time. For, it's time for your inkwell inspiration. Doo-doo-doo. Background music. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to give you, I'm going to remind you of your journal assignment for the year, and that is to write a haiku every single day for 365 days. I don't care if it takes you 600 days to do that. 365 of those 600 days, you are going to write a haiku. So write a haiku every day for a year, 17 syllables. Look around your world and find something out there in your day that is worth 17 syllables and just write it down always carry a notebook with you i cannot tell you the importance of this enough always carry something you can write on something you can write with with you all right if you jot down 16 syllables and you don't have time to do it i don't care go back later and add the 17th or take away seven lines and break it down into 17 syllables the key is just to write down that haiku Even if it's not a haiku yet, it will be. But write it down every single day. Find something in your day. Look around. Poke things with a stick. Look under. I was, I almost said, look, I'm not even going to say what I was going to almost say. Don't look there. Whatever you do. Um, Look for, look around and find 17 syllables worth of something to write about. All right. So your journal assignment for the week. And these I really would like you to handwrite in your journal. Your brain thinks differently when you're holding a pen in your hand. You've got that tangible touch connection to the paper and you're writing. You don't write as fast. Your brain thinks differently. It's a scientific fact, folks. Google it. <laughs> I think I put it up on Google. It should be there. If not, just ask me. I will tell you. It is a scientific fact. There's lots of research that's got into this. You guys believe me? I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, please, these I want handwritten. It's really important. Write it, uh, your, your journal assignments, journal, journals are not meant for popular consumption. They're not meant for people to read it. You know, a lot of people will sit there, and I hear it all the time. They get upset if they're not, you know, it's like, well, well I can't remember who it was. Barbara. Mike will know, Barbara. She has a beautiful yellow rose for picture. She would post two or three poems every single freaking day. And they're amazing. And it would drive me crazy. It's like, how does that come to her head? You know, sometimes I would go two, three days without writing one. Or I would have this idea stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. And it's like, and, they're just, and, and I found myself measuring myself against her. Can't do that. You can't do that. You can't sit there and say, I'm not producing enough or I'm not doing something enough. And I think the key to it, or I know the key to it, is just to do things that keeps your creative brain active. You don't have to write a poem every day. You are not just a poet. You're a writer. You have to let that side of you feed in order to be a better writer, in order to have the poems come to you. So your journal is just meant with like one-on-one, you know, bare naked time with your soul and your pen, and you just write things in there. And one of the Biggest, one of the biggest things you can do as a writer to make yourself a better writer is to do free writing. And I, you Google this too. I'm not making this up. <laughs> free writing is absolutely the most important thing you need to do as a writer because when you're free writing, you're not writing to an agenda. You write whatever regurgitates out of your brain. When you do that, you are giving your brain free reign to run wild. You're holding on with your knees, your hands above your hair, you know, like that picture of that little girl in the spirit cartoon riding her horse in the wind, you know, that's, you just let go. When you do that and you let your 
brain free fall. That's where you're going to find your unique voice. That's where you're going to find your true soul in writing. So you have to do this. It, it's, it's, I don't even think it's negotiable. Anyway, one of the biggest excuses people give me for not free writing is that they can't think anything, think of anything to write about, which is really kind of the point. You're not supposed to have anything to write about. You're supposed to put the pen to paper and start writing. But, you know, crutches are what they are. So I'm just going to kick the crutches right out from under you and take that excuse away. What I'm giving you is a rambling catalyst. It's your free write catalyst. The sentence, I'm going to have you write a sentence at the top of the page and then just write. So the free writing catalyst for the week is, oh, no, this isn't it. Oh, this is it. I didn't. Oh, whew. you guys knew what the, the, the happenings before the show, you would understand. Anyway, so the sentence that I'm going to have you start with is, and by the way, all of the sentences we've been using for the last couple of months have been the first lines from some of the greatest novels ever written. So I'm not making these up. These are actually the opening lines on some phenomenal novels. What I'm going to give you tonight is, I want you to write, it was the day my grandmother exploded. And then just keep writing. Whatever comes to mind next. And I don't care if you end up alphabetizing, mentally alphabetizing your 1980 CD collection that's in the back of your closet trying to remember which CDs. I don't care what you're writing. Just write. 10 minutes, you can give that brain 10 minutes to do that. All right. So the sentence I want you to write at the top of the page is, it was the day my grandmother exploded. And then just keep writing. This is from a book by Ian Banks titled The Crow Road, and that was published in 1992. All right, next, we are doing your writing exercises. Writing exercises are a little bit different than your writing Assignments, writing exercises are meant to push you out of your comfort zones. They're not meant to be comfortable. They're not meant to be all fuzzy hugs and fluffy bunnies. They're meant to make you sweat. They're meant to make you think in ways you wouldn't normally think, write about things you wouldn't normally write about, do things you normally would not do. Once you start doing those things, you are adding so much more to your pool of inspiration you're going to be able to pull from. I mean, I can't even, I, I would confuse you even more than I already do if I were to sit down and explain to you all the things these assignments will do to help make you a better writer. You just have to trust me that they will. We've been doing these for a long time. I put a lot of work into these. And I do that because I know even, even where we are all at this, this exact moment, I know we can all stretch and grow. We can all reach for more. We can be better. I always want to push that. I never want you to get complacent or satisfied or content with your craft. All right. So again, what was I doing? Oh, exercises. <laughs> I'm back. Hi, I'm back. Okay. You're writing exercises. Get out of your comfort zones. There we go. What I've been giving you is I've been giving you writing exercises that basically steer you away from writing poetry. And it's really important to do this because, and I always imagine those hourglass, you know, those, those Victorian girdles, corsety things that like give you an hourglass figure. When you sit down to write, I do not want you to cinch up your brain and try to funnel a poem out of it. All right, you're not just a poet, you're a writer, you're a creative human being. 
poetry is just one of the things you do. Don't let your label define you. All right. Don't girdle your brain when you sit down to write. The key is to just write and explore ideas and explore things. So your writing exercise, not to write a poem. I want you to instead sit down and write a story. If you just get too poety and you can't stand it, then write a narrative prose or something along those lines. But I don't want you to overthink it. Um, I just want you to sit down and write to the scenario. The fun things about scenarios is different than a prompt, which is like, say, you know, your prompt for this week is dandelion. That gives you a concrete image to focus on. You can see the dandelion in your brain and you're going to write it about the dandelion. A scenario, a concept is different because I don't give you anything concrete. I give you the atmosphere and you have to fill in the concrete. So it's a lot of fun. It's a really good exercise. So I want you to write a story this week and it can be as long as you want or as short as you want. Okay. But I want you to write a story this week that starts out as you are casually browsing through a shelf of books in a bookstore. And someone approaches you and says, I need you to listen to me very carefully. And that's all the details I'm going to give you. You have to fill in all the, all the details on this, all right? I mean, what kind of a bookstore is it? Where is it? Have you been there before? You know, how did you feel when you walked into the bookstore? What are you there looking for or looking at? Who, the person, who is it? Um, what do they look like? Do they, do you even see them? You know, what's their body language like or their, their voice tones? What does the uh, encounter make you feel instantly? As soon as you hear the voice, what do you feel? You know, what happens next? So just have fun with it. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be pretty. No one's ever going to see this. This is you and your sweatpants in your brain. So just have fun with it. Give your permission to write poorly. Once you give yourself permission to write like crap, you will write so much better. Why am I saying that tonight? That's going to be a thing tonight, isn't it? Anyway, so again, <laughs> I want you to write a story that starts as you're browsing through a bookshelf in a bookstore. And someone approaches you and says, I need you to listen to me very carefully. All right, prompt number two. Prompt number two is pick apart a prompt that is different than writing a poem prompt, what I want you to realize is what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what you do when you write to it or what you write to it. So you should be doing this anytime you sit down to write. There's always knee-jerk reactions. If I say the words red, white, and blue, automatically, muscle memory, you're going to think of there's knee-jerk imagery we go to. What this does is it gets you past that to the comfortable, then past the comfortable to the uncomfortable, and then to the weird, and then to the obscure, and then to the totally ridiculous. But you explore all these different depths of your prompt before you write to it. In doing this, you're going to find some really unique things inside yourself that you would not normally find if you sat down and did the muscle memory recall generic poem that's right there on the surface. This really helps you dig deeper. So I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page in your journal. And then I want you to start a list of all the different thoughts and ideas and directions you could take that prompt. And once again, this is not intended to end up being a poem, but instead, you know, really making you explore your brain. 
pull pull on you know look all in, in every shadow and every corner and find all the di- ideas you can think of what are all the things you could make it become what it, could it stand for what could be the voice of the face of you know the metaphor for so the prompt that i want you to write the top of the page ready is backward glance this is a really good one to rip apart I really think, I mean, how many different things could that symbolize? Backward glance. And then start writing them down. And, and you know, it's going to happen, I promise you, as you're writing all these things down. One of them is going to grab your brain and you're going to write to it. And that's okay. You know, and once you, once you write down your initial list, that doesn't mean you can't go back to it. If you think of something later, like you're doing the dishes and you're going, wow, that would be a cool poem to write to that title or that prompt. Right, go run in and, and write it down real quick. You know, someday you're going to be able to go back and look at these and have them as a tool to find ideas, to find references. Something's going to spark and you're going to say, wow, I remember I made that list one time. Where is it? All right, so once again, the pick a part of so there you go. Now that I've totally had you not write poems, <laughs> now I'm going to give you your poetry prompts. Poetry prompts are seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. And with that said, the prompt can be the title of a line in or the general concept of the poem. So there are four. Number your papers one through four. You can do these prompts individually. You can, like, if you take these four prompts and only one of them sings to you, write one poem. You can take all four prompts and write four poems. You can take all four prompts and use all of them in one poem. Or you can mix them up and use line one and four in one poem and two and three in one poem. Or you can take them and you can mix up the words. So you can take some of the words out of line one and mix them up with the words in line three and come up with a whole new line. What you do with this is entirely entirely up to you. Throw them in a brown paper bag, shake them real hard, and see what comes out. But it must be a poem. So, prompt number one. All the gods. That's plural. All the gods. Number two. Door in my chest. Door in my chest. Number three, I hid the sky. I hid the sky. And number four, trading places with the fog. You know, like London fog, San Francisco fog, foghorn, fog, F-O-G. So number one, all the gods. Two, door in my chest. Three, I hid the sky, and four, trading places with the fog. Number two, we were going to start doing this uh, one that I told you about, writing a response collaboration, and I'm really, I've been trying to put together good definitions on how to do this, but I've been finding it really difficult to do it simply. So what I think I may do is put this together in a workshop first, and then we can start working on it as a a prompt or a writing assignment. 
but I think that I'm going to wait on those. So in doing that, until I get it put together the way I want it put together, I think that I'm going to go ahead and we're going to redo the assignment, or we're going to do a variation of the assignment that I gave you last week. So these types of what I'm, we're going to be doing next, these types of prompts are really good because it really gets you to pay attention to the little details that are around us in life. You know, that we sometimes let our adulting bully us into overlooking. You know, this helps you to slow down your brain and see with your ears and hear with your eyes or smell with your fingertips or, or touch with your nose. No social distancing. No nose touching. Okay. That's an Eskimo. <laughs> oh, that would be so, that was such an endearing way to kiss. I want to go, go kiss an Eskimo. All right. Anyway, you know, it, it makes you slow down and really pay attention to the world around you. A lot of the things that I give you do that because... It's so important. It's so important to let our brains breathe, to feed them once in a while. So it helps you slow down, pay attention to the things around you. What we're going to be doing is a variation of the poem that I gave you last week, which was seven lines in seven days. You had to write uh, one line a day that pertained to that day. So this is my line that describes my Monday. This is the line that describes my Tuesday. And at the end of the week, you know, the title of the poem could be my week, the, you know, seven days, whatever you wanted to do, you know, but by the end of the poem, you realize that all these abstract lines are days of the week. Fun to write creatively like that to where the unweaving of the poem comes to them at the end. Um, however you want to do it, you know, it's up to you. Anyway, this week we're going to do a variation of it. And instead of doing seven lines, seven days, seven lines about days of the week, the twist I'm going to give you is I want you to write for seven, seven lines for seven days, and I want you to choose someone that you see every day. This could be your sibling. It could be your mother or father, your spouse, one of your children. That would be fun, unless you have teenage boys or girls. It could be your dog. That would be fun. It could be the barista. I like to pick on baristas because they're so adorable. Um, you know, every day, every day when you go get your coffee or, you know, something along those lines, somebody that you see every day. And I want you to write a poem where each line um, are things you imagine that they're thinking. You know, like today, I imagine him, her, uh, they are thinking, however you want to start the line. But each day, or each line should be, there's somewhere else, whatever. But each, each line has to be about something you imagine that they're thinking. All right. So you need to be you need to pay attention to the little things, you know, look at him each day. Like what if it's your brista? What's she wearing that day? You know, is normally does she ever makeup on her hair pretty, but today it's in a ponytail and she just threw on some mascara. What does that say about her day? Be observant. See everything. Write a line about what you imagine this person you see every day, but don't know. Or maybe you do know, just don't, you know, maybe it's your, your sister and just don't relate to her, you know, but you try to. 
you could do a twist on this. You know, what if, what about if you wrote one line a day or one line for each day of the week about the same seat on a bus? And for seven days, you write the person that sits in that seat every day. So you write seven, seven days. You know, the, the, the poem could be row AC3. And every day, for seven days, you write a poem about the person that sits in that seat. So think about ways that you can take, you know, take this prompt and twist it into something that catches you. That's the important thing. You know, and if, is one line not enough? What if you wrote a seven-verse poem? Seven verses, seven days. You know, I, that, I mean, you're not going to get deducted points for doing a verse if you can't say say as much as you want to say in one line, which would be me. That would be the that would be a liberty I would take on this assignment right here. You know, remember, no matter what you're writing, there's to uh, to quote the infamous Bob Ross: "There are, are no mistakes, just happy little accidents." In other words, just dip that pen and then beat the devil out of it and see what comes out. <laughs> You know, this is a good exercise on helping you take your eyes off yourself. How many poems, think about it seriously, in your in your collection of your own poetry, how many poems are talking about what you think or your ideas of or talk about I am or they're, they're, the majority of poems we write are based on us and our own experiences. But in writing outside of ourselves, all of a sudden it opens, opens up this giant, vast, infinite unknown world full of possibilities that we can't even fathom yet but it's all there for us to take in if we look for it if we reach out if we dip our fingers in it if we make messy and play in it and doing that is only going to make you a stronger writer okay all right that is your that's all that's it that's all of your your inkwell inspiration inspirationalisms for the week. Remember, if you didn't catch any of those, you can always come back to the beginning of the show in the archived podcast and write those down then. And you can go from there. So have fun with these. Let me know if you do them. Remember that uh, you're always welcome to bring them back and say, do this. And I actually did it. And then I'm going to say you're cool and you get cool cookie points. But yeah. All right. Next thing. We are going to play an audio track. If you are a poet who has recorded your, uh, <laughs> hey, Moon Cookie, just saw you in chat. The chat room's having issues, guys. If you can't get in, just keep poking it with a stick. It'll let you in eventually. Um, but if you are a recording artist, if you have some of your work recorded, you'd like to send those to me, I can upload them to the show's library, and we can play them for the world. You can email those to me at the, T-H-E, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com make sure you put audio track recorded file something along those lines in the subject line that way i can kind of grab them out of there and they stand out and i can get them uploaded and then the world can the world can be your oyster your poetry oyster oyster i say that's you ever have noticed there's words that you say wrong i heard my mom say that oyster it's not oyster, it's oyster. I know how to say it, but when you aren't real careful, there's other things like a cross. It's across the street, not a crossed. 
or warsh. My mom says warsh. Or fire. Instead of fire, it's far. Far. It's like far, F-A-R, far. If I don't watch those things, sometimes they slip. That was funny. Anyway, it's cool. Remember that, too, when you're writing. If you're writing about somebody who lives in the South, know the jargon. Know the know the slang. Know the, you know, if you're writing about somebody in Boston or if you're writing about someone from a certain time era. Writing in voice, writing in character is very important to make a piece have more weight to it, to make it have more legs, to make it um, more immersive. All right. So <laughs> the track that I'm going to play, by the way, yeah, some of your tracks, you know, recording artists, try it. It's fun. The track that I'm going to play for you is a piece by Sarah Kay and Philip Kay, and it's called When Love Arrives. Here you go. I knew exactly what love looked like in seventh grade. Even though I hadn't met love yet, if love had wandered into my homeroom, I would have recognized him at first glance. Love wore a hemp necklace. I would have recognized her at first glance. Love wore a tight French braid. Love played acoustic guitar and knew all my favorite Beatles songs. Love wasn't afraid to ride the bus with me. And, and I, I knew, knew... I just must be checking the wrong classroom. Just must be searching the wrong hallway. She was there. I was sure of it. If only I could find him. But, but when, when love, love finally showed, showed up, she had a bowl cut. He wore the same clothes every day for a week. Love hated the bus. Love didn't know anything about the Beatles. Instead, Instead, every time I tried to kiss love, our, our teeth, teeth got in the way. Love became the reason I lied to my parents. I'm going to Ben's house. Love had terrible rhythm on the dance floor, but made sure we never missed a slow song. Love waited by the phone because she knew if her father picked up, it would be... Hello. <sighs> Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess they hung up. And love grew. Love stretched like a trampoline. Love changed. Love disappeared slowly like baby teeth, losing parts of me I thought I needed. Love vanished like an amateur magician. Everyone could see the trap door but me. Like a flat tire. There were other places I had planned on going. But, but my, my plans, plans didn't, didn't matter. matter. Love stayed away for years. And when love finally reappeared, I, I barely, barely recognized, recognized her. Him. Love smelled different now, had darker eyes. A broader back. Love came with freckles I didn't recognize. New birthmarks, a softer voice. Now there were new sleeping patterns. New favorite books. Love had songs that reminded him of someone else. Songs love didn't like to listen to. So did I. But we found a park bench that fit us perfectly. We found jokes that make us laugh. And now love makes me fresh homemade chocolate chip cookies. But love will probably finish most of them for a midnight snack. Love looks great in lingerie, but still likes to wear her retainer. Love is a terrible driver, but a great navigator. Love knows where she's going. It just might take her two hours longer than she planned. Love is messier now. Not as simple. Love uses the word boobs in front of my parents. Love chews too loudly. Love leaves the cap off the toothpaste. Love uses smiley faces in her text messages. And turns out, love, love shits. <laughs> but love also cries. 
And love will tell you you are beautiful. And mean it. Over and over again. You are beautiful. When you just wake up. You are beautiful. When you've just been crying. You are beautiful. When you don't want to hear it. You are beautiful. When you don't believe it. You are beautiful. When nobody else will tell you. You are beautiful. Love still thinks. You are beautiful. But love is not perfect and will sometimes forget. When you need to hear it most, you, you are, are beautiful. beautiful. Do not forget that. Love is not who you were expecting. Love is not what you can predict. Maybe love is in New York City, already asleep. You are in California, India, Australia, wide awake. Maybe love is always in the wrong time zone. Maybe love is not ready for you. Maybe you are not ready for love. Maybe love just isn't the marrying type. Maybe the next time you see love is 20 years after the divorce. Love looks older now, but just as beautiful as you remember. Maybe love is only there for one month. Maybe love is there for every firework, every birthday party, every hospital visit. Maybe love stays. Maybe love can't. Maybe, Maybe love, love shouldn't. Can't. Love arrives exactly when love is supposed to. And love leaves exactly when love must. When love arrives, say, Welcome. Make, make yourself, yourself comfortable. comfortable. If love leaves... Ask her to leave the door open behind her. Turn off the music. Listen to the quiet whisper. Thank, Thank you, you for stopping, stopping by. That was Sarah Kay and Phil Kay. That's K-A-Y for Sarah and K-A-Y-E for Phil. When love arrives, check them out. You Google them or go ahead and don't go. Don't shut up, Google. I'm not talking to you anymore tonight. You're grounded from my face. Um, <laughs> go over on YouTube and do a search for them. Sarah Kay and Phil Kay. Some amazing stuff over there from them. Leave them comments. Let you know. Let them know you appreciate them. And thank you guys for letting us use that track. All right. Next thing's next. Again, the number, if you'd like to call in tonight, it is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 731 is our first caller for the night. I want to let area codes 503-757-585 and 850 know that you are not in the lineup. If you want to come on and read tonight, please press 1 on your phone. Once again, that is 503-757-585 and 850. If you're here just listening, appreciate you being here. If you change your mind at any time and you would like to come on, once again, just press 1 and you'll be good to go. That'll let me know. Cue me to uh, go ahead and unmute your mic and bring you on with me. Once again, 503-757-585 and 850. All right. You can do, right now, you can do two poems tonight if that changes. Oh, wait a minute. First, when I bring you on, listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, make sure you introduce yourself. That's vitally important. You never want to send your work out there into the world without your name attached to it. And, and quite literally, you are publishing your poem verbally onto the airwaves. So if somebody comes back, we got shows from 14 years ago, you guys. Someone goes back and listens to one of those shows and that person didn't say who they were and maybe they're not on the air anymore. How are they supposed to know who read it? So please, please make sure it's vitally important to introduce yourself. That way people know who's reading, 
Your name's attached to work. You can do two poems right now. If that changes and the lines get too busy, then we may need to cut that back. If that happens, I will let you know. But right now, you're good for two. Two normal poems, one long poem, up to you. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. That way people can come over and find you, whether it be your, your Facebook page, your poetry site, um, all poetry, whatever it is, whatever you want to give them. So they come and come over and get to know you. You work a little bit better. Do some poetic networking, some inspirational hoodoo-voodoo stuff together, whatever it is. Make sure that you give out your URL. Next thing, please remember that we do have a mature rating. So you really seriously will hear just about anything on this show, with the exception of hardcore erotica, not no adult porn poems, you know, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. We don't need the graphics. You know, I, I don't need a big eight by 10 glossy in my face to understand what you're talking about. So mature rating, not adult. You know the line. Don't cross it. Other than that, you are good to go. I am going to give the first three callers so that you know where you are. We have, as I said before, 731 is our first caller, followed by 419 and then 219. So let's go ahead and grab 731. 731, you're on the air. Hello, this is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Hello, Ms. Michael. Mike How are you doing? <laughs> check, your, uh, check your Facebook check. email. Yes, sir. See, see, he tells me how to. I'm so submissive when it comes to you, and I'm not either. Don't get used to this. This is not going to happen often. I sent you a link to a post you did did nine years ago. You need to see it. Where did you send it? it? I sent it to your Facebook email. All right, so I'm looking at my Facebook email. There it is. All right, how about now? Just came in. Yeah. That's where you posted haiku uh, tasking. And I wrote you two haikus nine years ago. I did it. I followed your directive. I see that. Isn't that amazing? Did mm-hmm. I like them? I did like them. I want to make yep. sure I noticed them there. <laughs> Actually, I yep. see one. Oh. Two. Yeah, two. Okay, I see them. There are some yep. under those. So I thought maybe there was more than two. But I just want people to know that you, you've been doing this for a long time, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first one I wrote was, uh, I find it. okay, a haiku tends to make me disoriented, conflicting my mind. I said, oh, it seems I've delved into that taboo realm. Thank me for sharing. And it says, you have me speaking in haiku. You know, Jamie Bond sent me this thing one time, and I don't remember exactly what it was, so it's not going to come out right. But I was talking to her about the importance of writing something every day. And that's why I love haikus. Because every day you are going to find something, even if it's something crappy to write about. And even if your haiku's crap, that's all right. You have 365 of them. You only need between 38 and 60 for a book. So you can have, afford to have some crazy ones in there. But she wrote me this message back about, I never write a haiku. I don't know how to do it or something like that. And it happened to be perfect where, the, where she put the commas and everything. It was perfect 575. 
her comment was a haiku. So I broke it down and sent it back to her. And I said, but you just did. And she went off on a tangent. And for years, it was like haikus everywhere. They were like bullets from her. It was crazy. She was awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, haikus are not that hard. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. We promoted that. Let's move on to my favorite subjects besides you. That would be Don Lease, the hammock writer. Um, she has a site, by the way. It's real easy. Just go www.com the rest of that and get to thehammockwriter.com T-H-E-H-A-M-M-O-C-K-W-R-I-T-E-R Man, that's hard to spell. But anyway, she did the nicest thing for me today. She read something I wrote to me. She sent in a little recording. I asked her to, okay? I just wanted to hear it from her perspective. It just totally blew my mind. Uh, it's very nice of her. And also I wanted to do it because I really wanted to get her voice in my head. I had it for like during during the COVID. She every day would go online and do a video and read somebody's poem. Like 11 o'clock every day. It was clockwork on weekdays. And she, just, she did that just for the goodness of her heart. And I used in there one day because I knew somebody whose poem she was reading. That's what took me over there. I, I, I didn't leave. So can't drive me away now. <laughs> but anyway, um, she had uh, on the Clear Poetry WordPress site, they do different poems, and they'll post three poems and call it Yes, three poems, and she did, she did that once. So I'm going to read one of one of the three that she had on there. I, I think that you'll get a kick out of this one. I think you will. This is called Last Sunday in August. Police. Her fingers find his hair despite the humidity and sting of last week's argument. Now a vague itch she absently scratches. He lounges on the front stoop, hair below shoulders, steel-toed boots. His hands rest on her hips, head against her stomach. It's a standard NEPA neighborhood, houses shoulder-to-shoulder, shared driveways, pothole street, metal porch awning, a heap of bikes in the front yard, howl of kids in backyard. She wears faded Levi's and a white T-shirt, her back to the traffic, she's barefoot and staring through the screen door into a front room, maybe beyond, straight out the back door to something lost or forgotten at the edge of the river after Friday night games, two reunions removed from the present. The heat won't let go, won't give in. Her blonde hair tangles with the wind. Tomorrow she'll climb a ladder to the detached garage loft Unpack falls cleaner air, hint of a colder season from stacked cardboard boxes. In peace. Wow. That was awesome. 
that one to read? I don't know. Something it made me a little homesick. I went past. I went back to my old neighborhood a few years ago. A bunch of people I went to school with wanted to get together on Friday night, go to a Mexican restaurant in the neighborhood that I'd never been to because I didn't go to Mexican restaurants the first 50 years of my life. Um, I drove through my old neighborhood. The houses were smaller. Everything was smaller. My The top of the tree had been cut down. But the thing that really got me was the narrow streets, how narrow the streets were, even the thoroughfares. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I can't express how uncomfortable I felt there. I felt really like I was treading on people's space. So how would I didn't even talk to anybody in the neighborhood. So, but I got that feeling right there. I did. Um, there's there's one part when she she wrote I missed a line in there. The, through the screen door into a dark front room. That, that would pitch right there. The younger people don't know what it is to look through screen doors. Okay? A screen door changes mm-hmm. perception of everything. Everything. And if you look through two, my God, it's totally different. It, and we had screen doors on the front and back, or you could have windows too. So that was pretty vivid right there. She had to know that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't think she's old enough to even know that either. So, it's pretty amazing. And also, that, that latter part made me nervous because I got a fear of heights. <laughs> I don't have a fear of heights. I have a fear of nothing being above me. I need to reach pretty, up and grab a hold of. Yeah, that's pretty rough right there. Yeah. I love yeah, you that reach piece. Up and grab something and kick the thing out from under you that you're standing on? <laughs> that would be kind of spooky too. You know, you you brought up a really good point in that and and I don't know. I it's really ever since I first thought this, this the thought first popped into my head. You know, it it's started this snowball effect where I keep thinking of all kinds of weird shit that is changing. We are really at a pivotal point in history right now where things are absolutely changing you know we talk about the war era during world war ii okay there were things that were specifically important about that era where it was a defining moment in history and after that everything changed right now and and the the thing that changed it wasn't a war it was information it was putting it it was not living in a natural world anymore and all of us starting to live in a backlit world. So when you talk about that screen door slamming, that's a huge thing for me. That that imagery is huge because that is such that that nineteen forties green peeling paint screen door, the way it, the hinges the you know, the hinges squeaked when you pushed it open the way it banged shut with I mean just a loud bang like a shotgun going off and how the dust fell from the screen you know because it was getting old kids nowadays have no idea the magic in that it was like opening up the world opening up the door and stepping into 
this crazy, insane world of imagination that our children and our children's children, and I don't think any future generations will understand. That's a great analogy right there. I'll give you one other little thing to think about about that screen door. When when the spring broke on it, which they always did, mm-hmm. it still closed it still closed itself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Do you want to know? I knew it closed itself. It wasn't gravity. I can, I can tell you how. Tell me. Because all screen all those doors had a on the bottom outside corner there was a hole drilled and there was a weight. There's a weight in the bottom of the screen door on the outside so that when it's put on, when it's open, the weight on the outside automatically pulls it back. That is why they always closed. Now you know. True story. Google it. (laughs) I don't even know if that's the truth. I still totally made that up and you believed me. That, you guys, is good writing. No, I don't know if that's true or not. But but it would it makes sense to me that it could be right. Oh, it makes all the sense in the world. We're gonna we're gonna claim it. We're gonna own it. That's what happened. We write our own history, right, folks? You sold it. You told a story that's never been told, Mal. That's the most (laughs) important thing. You got the truth. I do that all the time. Okay. One more time. My buddy, Mr. Alice. You can find her at www.thehammockwriter, T-H-E-H-A-M-M-O-C-K-W-R-I-T-E-R.com. And I'm going to ask her really, really nice if she has any pre-recorded stuff that she can send to your show. Because, because I've got to say, I've been listening to the show for 13, 14 years, and the recording that you played in today's show, opening it up, Mm -hmm. was so far the best I have ever heard, ever. Really? I'm going to go back just to record that. That was Sarah Kay, K-A-Y, and Phil, P-H-I-L-K-K-A-Y-E. And right. you can look on YouTube and find either one of them. And they have, a, both of them have a ton of great stuff on there. Right. They're awesome. But I'm going to tell you, Don is as good as they are. So there you have it. That's glad. I'm glad. I'll, I'll, I'll send you something of her after I get off so you can pull it up in your leisure, miss. That'd be awesome. You know what time it is now? I know what you're going to say. It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Y'all have a blast tonight, all right, Dan? Thank you, Michael. Love you, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much. Love you back. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetie. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 419. 419, you are on the air. Well, good evening, Nyla. How are you? (laughs) Agent 419. (laughs) Yes, reporting for duty, (laughs) ma'am. <laughs> uh, it's been a long, long, tiresome day. It's probably going to well, be a long I, evening too. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that it's coming to a close, and you can chill, chillax, and 
hopefully pretty soon. My my grandmother saying she's not going to make it through the weekend, so my prayers have been going out and thinking about her. So it's been sad lately, actually. <laughs> so uh, that's what happens when you're 94, though. You're not a spring chicken no more. <laughs> Do you know that they used to put opium in cigarettes? Probably they put coke and cocaine and Coca Cola and all that stuff. Like I mean, like the cigarettes you bought during World War. I have a pack of my great grandpa's cigarettes. I'm going been going through family stuff. I have a pack of his cigarettes. Nice. From World War One, and they contain opium. Right there, thing. Nice. I wonder if they, I wonder if they'd still be good. I wouldn't know. I don't do that. Not that I'm contemplating (laughs) smoking it, but I'm just wondering if they'd still still be good. They're still sealed in plastic and everything brand new. I'm trying to smell them. I can't smell anything on them. They're they're sitting on my desk. Are are you a smoker? I just picked them up. I used to be a long time ago, and I quit. Um, yeah, me too. So no, yeah, too. but you know what? There are still times, even with as long as I have not smoked, there are still days where I would literally gnaw my way through a wall just to smell someone's secondhand uh-huh. smoke. After all these years, it mm-hmm. still gets me where I just I want I hate so bad. The smell. No, I don't. Oh really? See, I ever since I quit, I could not stand the smell of them. I just can't stand the smell <sighs> of nicotine now. It just bugs bugs me so bad, and I quit for someone else. So I mean. If things were different, I'd probably... Would I, if I see someone smoking, I'll purposely cross the street so I can walk through their smoke. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> yeah, well, I was one of those ones that if I had to... I smoked when I drove my vehicle, and I would always have to have that window open, that smoke go out, otherwise I just couldn't have a cigarette in that car. I gag on it. <laughs> well, see, no, I can't stand Don't the, sta- the smell of stale smoke. smoke. So if somebody smokes yeah. in their car, and I get in someone's car, and it smells like that stale smoke, that's nasty. Oh, yeah. Or the smell that gets on your clothes—that's yeah. nasty. But that fresh smoke, that—that that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hit off of the light. So back to poetry. How you doing, girl? Yes, ma'am. I'm doing okay. I got something that I wrote for my boyfriend actually. So I called it. <laughs> and I'm sure he's listening tonight. So I was just gonna read that if you don't mind. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> Can't wait to see Come you tomorrow. On. Anyway, um, we want so pictures. this is what I wrote. <laughs> pictures. Um, when you don't want to let go, change is so inevitable. Times are not like they were before to the memories you hold on to. Life has its own way of working itself out. Sometimes we are on top, other times we muster through. And then everything changes in a blink of an eye. Sometimes you say hello, other times you have to say goodbye. Bracing yourself for the challenges that lie ahead. May strength be the steady wind pushing against your back. Loving Dylan my whole life, times definitely are changing. Adaptability grows more with age, not having so much of a choice. We take our cookies, we live and we die. Life changes in the blink of an eye. Our journeys are what saves us. Fate brought us together. Vacancy has filled the void. You've cured a heart of lo- my heart of loneliness. None of us really had a choice. Our lives are filled with paths chosen. We crossed that bridge the moment we met. You and I are together for a reason. My reason is I choose you. I want to be with you. You have fulfilled my life and continue to every day. You have brought the sunshine to my days of darkened rain. You are the one who tries no matter what to ease my pain. A beacon, you remain in my life. A ray of light, a hankering of hope. 
I look up to you in ways too numerous you wouldn't even begin to know. From the beginning up until now, I'm the one invested 125%. My stakes are high. I wager on you. I believe in us. I simply have to. My heart and thoughts are with you daily. Constantly you infiltrate my mind. I am in love with you, baby, so immensely. My heart is indeed working overtime. Counting the days to be with you again, knowing things have changed, willing and able to get past these times as our journey continues full speed ahead. Times, yes, they are a change in. But one thing that hasn't changed is just how very much I love you and long to be with you for the rest of our days. Aw, Thomas, I think this girl kind of likes you. <laughs> I'm hung on him. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> oh, fantastic piece, sweetheart. And uh, I'm sure if he's Thank listening, he appreciates you. that. And he better appreciate I you. So. Because, you know, if not, I'll tap dance on his head. You hear me? You hear me, Tom? Thomas? Yeah. Be good with to with this girl. With a rope and a shovel and a piece of tarp. <laughs> <laughs> I know what store you shop at. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, you know That's I can't help it. If, if, uh, <laughs> you know most girls get all excited going to the mall. I get really happy going to Home Depot. <laughs> I, me too. Lowe's is my favorite store. I hate the mall. Oh, I've been there I know, twice right? since I lived here in five years. <laughs> I I bet I in the last ten years I've been inside a mall twice. In fact, I know yeah, it's been too. twice because I know exactly what I got both times. I just don't like them. But I go, I yeah. That's funny because of the two times, the one time I went there was for a birthday present for Tom. <laughs> so he was the reason that I went. So I think that's funny that you say that. When is your exactly When is your birthday? When is your birthday? Uh, I'm a Gemini and I'm a twin and I live by the twin sign. So I live by my sign and uh, June 18th. So it's already passed. Yes. Yep, I'm old. <laughs> I was just gonna make sure that he knew birthday. it. I was gonna make sure he knew when your birthday was, but you know. Oh yeah, he knows. It's already passed. So. Uh, his his is actually coming up in August, so <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna get him yet. I've been thinking about it though. <laughs> hmm. I'll help you think. Does he write? <laughs> Uh, yeah, he writes his own music and plays music, and I love his music, and I love singing with him. Oh, really? Okay, we'll figure he something out. Written, something he, hasn't, he hasn't written in a long time, so I try to keep him, like, I want to inspire him to keep him to keep writing, because he's a beautiful writer. All right, so, Tom, so I'm if, if you, if you want to keep a hold of this gal here, you know, if you, if you want to keep seeing Shelly here, then then you need to do one of our homework assignments at the beginning of the page. Yeah, yeah, I'm going there. So, like, if you ever want to see your Shelly again, you will write a poem to one of the prompts <laughs> I gave at the beginning of the show, and you will deliver it to me in a unmarked email, and you have 24 hours to go. Okay, I'm done. I'll, I'll quit picking on She's you. She's holding me hostage, Tom. But I'm, I am, but I really am. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell everyone how to find you, my love. <laughs> yes, love uh, you, my name is Shelly Gambino. <laughs> my name is Shelly Gambino, and I'm on Facebook. And I actually write on Poetical Intrigue is my page where I just kind of put my poems out there. And I do apologize to people. I mean, my poems are out there. It's just that they're not – I haven't done new ones yet. I just update them, and when they come up on my memories, I share them. But um, I just am starting to get into writing again now, so I'll try to do more. <laughs> So, well, you better gosh yep, darn it, because we're sitting here tapping our fingers. Aw, I'm so bossy I just got tonight, published aren't again, I? So I was excited about that. 
Well, hey, that's okay. Cause that's you, awesome. Women, thank, thank you. Women, uh, women know what they want, right? <laughs> Most of the time. That's a good thing. Most yeah. Of the time. I know I do, and I feel bad because when I go to a restaurant, they know exactly what I want to order. I feel like I'm a bitch when I order it. It's like, I want this with French dressing on the side, and I want this, and I want a lemon in my tea, please. And, like, I just feel bitchy, but I just know what I want. They know what I like. I know, you know, that's just the way I am. <laughs> it works. And that's I'm good. not afraid to voice my opinion. <laughs> so. I would never have guessed that. Really? <laughs> I, I remember you reading last week. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna hide behind my poetry now. <laughs> All I right, my love. myself because I just I only know how to write on human emotion, and that most mainly mainly the emotions are what I go through. So I expose myself to my poetry, I guess. <laughs> good thing I write so good things. <laughs> you you have to go back and write a poem to one of the prompts too. That's your homework as well. Okay. I want you to do the seven <laughs> days. The seven days prompt. Go listen to the beginning of the show and find it, and I want you to do the seven days prompt. Okay? Seven days prompt. Okay. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll try to do that. Homework. <laughs> Love you, Annie. Love you. Have a good night, and have a, enjoy the rest of your show. You too, sweetie. <laughs> bye. Take care. Yeah, bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Hey, now, how you doing? This is Brother O calling in from East Chicago, Indiana. Hello, bro O. That's what I always write down who's the caller is, and that's the abbreviation I've given you. So when you call so that I know that I've taken your call, I make a note under it and I always write bro O. So bro O, welcome to the show. That was a poem. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> My bro O. It's good to hear from you, sweetheart. What do you have for us tonight? Oh, uh, I have this a poem called A Natural Born Overcomer. According to the dictionary, an overcomer is defined as a man or a woman who has gotten the better of the challenges in his or her life. A man or woman who has conquered the odds. A man or woman who has survived traumatic or life-getting situations. And a man or woman who strives to live life to the fullest despite the current situation. My dear brothers and sisters, I'm the epitome of a natural-born overcomer who has repeatedly conquered challenges, repeatedly hurt, hurt over obstacles, repeatedly defied odds, repeatedly not now wants to achieve and accomplish many great feats in my life. Allow me to go into a brief synopsis of what I've overcome since birth. I'm an overcomer living as a black man in America despite facing perils, traps, threats, and dangers. I survived all those and then some by God's grace, favor, and mercy. I'm an overcomer numerous heart surgeries and host of numerous medical conditions. Because I've already complained, proclaimed by sight I am healed. And my strong faith in God has carried me through every affliction, sickness, and illness. I'm overcome with a speech impairment because I was an avid reader who faithfully went to the library. Required knowledge and practice reading books out loud to my speech impairment was barely noticed. Now, every time you hear me perform poetry, either live or in person on the radio, I speak with clarity if I might add. I'm a very articulate brother who has complete command of English language. 
I'm an overcomer of being subjected to bullying. I was that young man who was made fun of, ridiculed, and laughed at. I was that young man with low self-esteem and self-confidence. I was that young man with a lot of anger and hate in my spirit that was focused on seeking retribution daily. I learned to fight back and stand up for myself by facing my bullies head on without fear. After all was said and done, it didn't bother me no more. Now I'm their respect. I'm overcomer of being an underachiever. I was a C student in high school who graduated from college with 3.2 grade point average. After working to a series of jobs, I was called by God to start my spoken word ministry that has allowed me to prosper and flourish into a multi-winning award poor and author has captured the hearts of thousands of people nationwide with my unconventional brand of poetry. I'm an overcomer being dumped and rejected by several women. Every woman turned me down only led me closer to meeting my current queen. Every woman who dumped me missed out on the golden opportunity to experience a real man. I cried many tears and experienced numerous seasons of loneliness. Yes, even a great brother like myself has had to experience some bad girls in order for me to experience true love by a special lady who was meant to enhance what I already have and compliment my dear brothers and sisters, these are just some of the things, some of the things I've had to overcome. Now it was only befitting when I won the 2019 National Spoken Word Award for overcoming the year last year. I've overcome a lot in my life. And if there's one point in these United States of America who is the true definition of overcomers, that brother is yours truly. A little living miracle and professor of poetry in poem. That is, you know, one of the things that you do in your writing is you make yourself very vulnerable. You know, you you expose a lot of yourself, a lot of your beliefs, a lot of the things that you've been through through your writing, and that's not an easy thing to do. And uh, you know, I. I was listening to the first part of that, and it said that you, when you grew up, you had a speech impediment, you know, that you'd overcome. And had you not told me that with the way that you speak, you are quite correct. I would never have known that. You speak very well. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. All right. So, my darling, you want to do me a favor and tell everyone how to find you? Yes. I had a bunch of this. By the way, I had a bunch of stuff fall off my desk. <laughs> While you were reading, oh. and I'm really hoping that you did not hear that. So, but if you did, I, I apologize. I was trying to pick it up very quietly. No, I, no, I didn't hear anything. Okay, good. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, those of you who who want to know more about me or my work, you can find me on Facebook under Omar Brother O'Gallon. I have original original quotes. I have I have. Uh, some of my most of my original work. I have a lot of events coming up. So just connect with me and find out what's going on in Brother O's world. And as usual, thank you for your support to Seek Easy Cafe every week. We appreciate you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Welcome, Alvin. All right, honey. We'll talk to you next week. I'll be back. Perfect. All right, brother. Oh, thank you, sweetheart.
Okay. Take care. You too. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Hello. Is that me? It is it me. Is it you? Is it, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. Is it, is it Charles? Is it the Charles? The bell ringing. They're so happy to hear you. I just found a bell. Why have I not been using this as a sound effects on my show? Okay. It's Charles C.B. Banks here. That's who it is. It is indeed. It is so good to hear from you, sweetheart. You know, I send you invites all the time, and I know that when you get here, you can. But, but uh, I, I send them because I just want you to know we haven't, we don't, we don't forget about you. I just want you to know I I'm always thinking about, about you. you. I'm trying to get away from that homework you be giving out, girl. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm ruthless. Sorry, that ain't never going away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, it's good to hear your voice, though. Hey. It's good to hear from you. It really is good to hear. I hear my voice all the time, so it's much better to hear your voice. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As, hey, and things are going good. I, I, I've been listening, so, hey, things are going good. Did you awesome. get that bank account thing uh, straightened out? I, I think I read that you had a, a bank account uh, problem. With- hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, yeah, somebody got a hold of my card and, and went to a gay dating app on Google and sent, like, a message, did something, uh, something every second, a 99-cent charge every second until my account was drained. It was crazy. So oh, no, I'm yeah. still I'm still fighting with that. I'm still working on that. I'm still trying to get that all sorted out. It's easy if it's a fraud claim with ten or less transactions, but when there's hundreds of them, it gets much more complicated. Yeah. Wow. Uh, feel sorry for you. Uh, if you if you need five bucks, ten bucks, just let me know. I'll just <laughs> give me an address. Uh, uh, I even send you a greasy, greasy bag with a hamburger in there. You know whatever. You I, I already, I pawned two of my kids. I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I didn't, okay. I didn't really, I didn't really. But thank you. That's a sweet offer. I appreciate that. Yeah, hey, hey, gotta, gotta, gotta take care of the people that you care about. You know. You're a good man. I appreciate that. Thank you. I would I would never I say yes, it. but thank you for offering. That really means a lot, seriously. I mean, like, seriously, okay. seriously. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. I, I guess I should do my poem. It's, it, it may be a medium-long one, or uh, I don't know. You let me know. You let me know. You, so, you uh, do what you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to eat a hamburger and some fries. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, here you go. Can you hear me? We can hear you very well. Okay. Uh, it's first poem. It's called uh, It Was Attempted Murder, yo. Squiggly lines and boss signs on the paper. Sealed the fate of this dude. The first beating had just stopped. He better remember what he did later all the way to now. The paper clip wouldn't work with his handcuffs. He was in zip ties, eyes were watching him. Head sweated under the circumstances. He was about to be accused of attempted murder of someone he couldn't even fucking remember. 
better get it together because your ass is grass, man. Question to his ass, he didn't have a single chance of going to heaven. You better find another way, he heard himself say. He heard himself say. To save that ass, which better, you better find a lawyer to delay this shit. Good time to come up with your mind and find a way out of this. Too late to lose. He's got to choose. There's another way. Not answering questions was a temporary solution, and you got to get the hell out of here. As they beat and punch him, kicked him on the floor again and again, his mind took a detour, grabbed a piece of space and time and rhyme into another place. Your electric shock made his body rock. He settled in the time of peace of mind and enjoyed the afternoon for a while. So here we go to the squiggly line zone fade out. Flowers to the woman I love. She got that young tough love for me. A boy becomes a man when love is the plan, and he lets it flow instead of letting go. That's a punk move, dude. And it's a give-and-take experience. Remember that, G. And it's candy. Rhyme and reason. Fill a belly. And a flower may open for the bee. And this time, be there as a superstar, hero, and save the day or not. But definitely be there. Squiggly line, drop out, fade in, and number two beating just stopped. Dragged off to the doctor. Blood flow, cracked ribs, head grows, eyes spin. Made it hard to breathe anything again. He's seen better days. Tough love himself indeed. This was a temporary chill. A time to heal. He got to get his thoughts together, and the weather in his head was thunder, raining, quakes, loud. He lay in the bed, contrasting the white sheets. The healing was only on the surface. It was attempted murder, yo. Thanks for listening. Wow. That was really powerful. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. You know, I let you, people, anyone who knows you will understand what I'm saying, but, you know, your your diversity and your kaleidoscope spectrum of writing is incredible. It's absolutely you, incredible. You know, you never Thank know. You. You never, you're a wild card. You're that loose cannon. You never know what you're going to bring, but whatever you bring is always amazing. But it's, it's like you always keep us on our toes. Always. Good to be here. Good to be here <laughs> to hear your voice. Oh, 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 mentor. Mentor, would you give the homework? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I hope you guys enjoy doing that. Yeah, yeah, I I I enjoy. Uh, I was there last week. I I got cut off, but last week with the uh, coffee cups and stuff, that was great. I was thinking about doing that with some of my poems. I don't know. Maybe you don't remember the coffee cups with the poems on it. 
Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Don't you think okay. that's a good idea? Yeah, it's a good idea. It's better than that the, the one you had with The Rock a while back. I think it was five, <laughs> six years back with The Rock. But that's still a good idea, too, to paint The Rock with a poem on it, That uh, a series of rocks. That, that's a good idea, I would too. I would cut out a piece of paper and use, like, a decoupage glue and put it on The Rock and then put the information on the back, and I'd go leave poetry all over everywhere. It's kind of like, the, you know, you see people do it all the time now with their painted rocks, but I didn't paint them. I pasted poetry on them. Love poetry, right. rock that poem, yeah. But I like the yeah, coffee. You, I you, do you, like I do like the idea of publishing poems on coffee cups and bumper stickers. And yeah, stuff. I just like the first line or something, just just a mm-hmm. line. So that would be great. You want to read the rest so of too. it? See, see this address or whatever or something. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, and that way you get a continuation. You know, you just say a couple of lines on there, and then if you want to hit a rest, go to this address. What? This is the power of brainstorming. Yes. Yes. Two poets talking. That's good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Okay, I need to get off. Charles C.B. Banks. C.B. I got two Facebook pages, CB and Charles CB Banks, SoundCloud. I got some audio stuff on there. Charles CB Banks, I might send you some uh, uh, Nyla to uh, put on the show. I guess I got about fifteen, I think, on the SoundCloud. That will work. I think that would work great. No. All right, my darling. uh, Okay. You take care. Good to, good to hear your voice. Good to be on the show. Good to recite all that good stuff. Welcome try to, uh, yeah. Try to be here next week if you can, honey. I miss having you around. Yes, ma'am. I'll try my best. All right, baby. Appreciate best. you, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. I'll listen to the rest of the show. All right, sweetheart. All right, next caller. Next caller comes from, ah, area code 216. 216, you're on the air. That's going to be followed by 503 and then 201. Then 815-256-510-713. We have 757-585 and 267. You are not in the lineup. If any of the three of you want to come on the air, please press 1 on your phones. That's 267-585 and 757. Press 1 on your phone. Change your mind at any time. If you're just hanging out and listening now, change your mind. Press one whenever you're ready to come on. All right. How are you, sweetheart? I'm here. I've been here. My car kept dropping. And back in the old days, back in the old days, you were watching the board and you knew somebody's car dropped and you were put back in the lineup. But uh, the new days. I haven't. I don't. It didn't take you out of the lineup because I have it written down. It was seven three one four one nine two one nine eight three two and then two one six. So if you had to call no, back call, in, it didn't take you out of the lineup. I, 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 I caught. I caught in at four eight. Oh. And then my car dropped. Then my car dropped at eight oh. I called back. I called back in at eight oh four, and then my car dropped again. 
I'm sorry. I'm glad you're here now. I'm glad we were worth hanging out for. You're always worth hanging out for. You're worth it every <laughs> time. I even did the haiku. I couldn't get the 575. I did get the 17 lines, and it goes like this. Best friend, worst enemy, depends on your ability to control. The name of the piece is called Fire. No, I've got you, honey. I thought you were going to start reading, so I was being quiet. I I did. That was it. I said it was a haiku called Fire. Oh, then it didn't. Then you were quiet, and I didn't hear you. Oh, because it just it just went it just went silent. I heard nothing. That was my phone doing that thing. Okay, I'm gonna read it again. It's called Fire. Fire. Great friend, worst enemy, depends on your ability to control in peace. Wow. That was awesome. All right, you get an A-plus on your homework. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so my, my piece I want to read. I'm dying to read this for you. Okay. Uh, you know, every time I'm, I'm like, I had it pulled up, and like every time I hear it is okay. I got to pull it back up again. I'm one of those people that's too lazy to get up and get to my desktop. I'm just I'm trying to do everything on the phone, Nyla. <laughs> name this piece. It's a, it's a, it's actually a prose form. Um, it goes like this. I know you're going to get catch every bit of it, even though you're not going to know who I'm talking about. A person, if they ever hear this, they'll know who I'm talking about. Because they're not stupid. It goes like this. And the name of the piece is called When a Lame Pony Shows Up at the Playground. <laughs> you can repeat that back to me. When a lame poet shows up at the playground? No, pony. Pony, lame pony. Well, lame pony shows up on the playground. Okay. Repeat it back to me. When a lame pony shows up on the playground. Okay. I gotcha. Okay, here we go. When you mounted that lame horse, I should have said something. I did say something. And then the horse booed, nickered, and brayed to you until things became confused, setting you up to be betrayed. You were not mine to win or lose. That day you rode away with her is the same day that a crippled horse crippled our relationship who was the bully on the playground. She set us both up. She saw I was the blessing in many lies. 
She befriended me only to try and replace me. She thought I was your lady, not knowing that I am the blessing that God puts in people's lives when they need a friend, strength. You could cry to me. I uplift and demand nothing. That's what befuddled the devil. I, being the most loved on the playground of your life, upset her plans as she wanted no outside influences. Her goal and aim were to destroy my watchful eye, to devour you, devour, devour you. Now with me out of the picture, you are once again, sadly, without a true friend. She has many more loved ones for you to turn against, and she will knock them off one by one until you are without none. She has you at her command. She will destroy you. Then she'll run and hide behind whatever guilt shield is available. I still feel sad because I should have acted a fool and never allowed you to ride off into the sunset mounted on that lame, demented horse. Somehow, now, I see you using your new foul substance to write emphatically, strong or broken substantially. Our love was not sexual, and man's weakness is lust. But in the end, love wins. This is a message to a good friend about a lame horse. In peace. That was awesome. You would love it. <laughs> <laughs> You're truly my baby. The apple better. does not fall from the mama tree, this is for sure. I know because everybody's not even going to catch up to the feast. But um, <laughs> definitely, um, you can see in here what actually the feelings are, but you can't see exactly what was done. It was really like baffling. I was like, what in the world? People come out of bags. They come into somebody's <laughs> life. You know, they come into a poetry community. It's already going fine. We all love each other, establish each other. And they, what they do, put their hand on their chin and say, hmm, oh, who can I knock out of position? No. Yeah, I like this. creativity no is not a competition it. unless you're in a competition for creativity. Right. And then they see somebody, everybody getting along, and they think, oh, I'm going to take him away from her. <laughs> like, he's not even mine. <laughs> he's just like another poet that I adore. It's like nothing there. But uh, you have to go through all of that to establish yourself and come back around. Then you don't even want that guy. So now he's looking sad. 
just don't understand people. You know, just get in where you sit in. Stop trying to, trying to, you know, just come in, do your stuff. You're going to be accepted and loved the same way, you know, that anybody is accepted and loved. But don't be coming in trying to crush people and move stuff around and do all this crazy stuff. It's just really weird to me. And it's, it's disappointing. But that's what people do, you know. They always want to come in. And then we don't know. But I can always basically let them know, hey, that horse is lame. Go right off to the sunset with it, please. You know? mm-hmm. Check it out first. But these men are so love-starved, so sex-starved, that the first person wants to hover them and break them up a little something. They want to just get me cut down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, just the woman always getting you. Sometimes the men, you know, you have to watch what's going on. You know, stop being so vulnerable. Not being yep. so vulnerable. Okay, my darling. I agree. All right, do you want to tell people how they can come give you loves, Mama? Yeah, you can find me on Poetry Soup. That's where I put out my stuff, on Poetry Soup, under Vicky Aqua. And then see over there, if you go over there and steal anything, stuff is already, you know, published. So if you go on Facebook and read it, you think it's not public. So go to Pussy Soup and read it. <laughs> do it. He, do it now. Is, you heard her. Is, is the heat getting to me or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like a heat wave over here. I feel like a little delirious. Plus, I've been watching too many episodes of Naked and Afraid. <laughs> So funny, Mama. You are awesome. You I love you so much. Naked and Afraid is really fun to watch. I got to get you to have, have something fun to watch. It's, it's a Hulu. Your phone, you you cut out on that. Like your phone's cutting out on me for some reason. I'm so sorry. I didn't hear that very last part there. Uh, okay, never mind. It wasn't anything. I love you, too. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, Mama, we will talk to you soon, honey. Thank you so much. It was so good to hear from you. I love you dearly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, sweetheart. Love you, All right. Our next caller, you guys, comes from area code 201201. You are on the air. Hello. Hello, Nyla. How are you? I'm fine, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. I was um, enjoying your mama. Oh, I love her so much. Like she's just really amazing. <laughs> she is incredible. Introduce yourself yeah. to everyone, honey. Excuse me. Introduce yourself to everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Aji, the poet. Very good to hear from you, sweetheart. So what do you have for us tonight? What's going on with your in your world, and what are you going to share? Well, I wrote this piece um, the other day, and I spit it, um, I think, yesterday. So I'm trying to get a feel, feel of it. So um, it's called Bad Whiskey. Okay. Uh, I'm going to spit that tonight. 
please. You can kiss my ass. Jukeboxing the juke joint on blast. Slamming down the shot glass. And oh, you think that I've got no class? Well, you, you don't know the half. Cause right here, this ain't the greener side of the grass. And I, I don't know you nothing. You want a little something, something, nope, nothing, and I ain't frontin', and I ain't evil Knievel, and I ain't stuntin', so you mad? You on swole and gruntin', like I said, I don't owe you nothing, not even a free pass, and respect to Queen Delarie, so if you didn't hear me the first time... You can kiss my whole entire ass. We fill shot glass money in my bra. There's a stash, a tight rubber band holding on tight to a wad of cash. Oh, now you sure you want to sit with me? Oh, my name? Well, my name is Bad Whiskey. And I'm as overproof as they come, stronger than scotch, hot burn going down like Jamaican rum. And, oh, you want some? (laughs) Boy, you better run for the border. And I'm being nice right now, law and order. And I don't abide by either because my heart, because your heart, I will torture, murder, slaughter, still beating in the palm of my hand and about it. And you, frankly, my darling, I don't give a good goddamn. You understand? Antagonize, antagonistic, read my lips, linguistics, Acoustics, I don't give a shit. Smirking overtime, you is working and you talking that good shit right about now. But anyhow, I'll have you wondering when, where, what, and how. So wet behind the ears, gracefully take a bow. Bag whiskey and messing with this here milk. You're going to thank your lucky stars that you didn't buy the cow. And wow, pray that you make it out by the sweat of your brow. Because these chocolate swirl curves, yeah, they're soft serves, but they ain't going to serve you well. And pray tell and testing about something you don't have a clue. And right now about me, no news is good news. Because I'm alive and in living color blues, the darkest of hues and runt. Oh, you like a sister with gold fronts and who smokes blunt, so so this is what you want? Okay, now, you better stop it. I'll have you walking around with your hands buried deep in your pockets, empty pockets, your head down, scuffing your shoes, keep coming if you want to, this sister ain't got no feelings for you, and I ain't never, ever going to adore you as you in the presence of bad whiskey and an icebox is where my heart used to be. From your black card right down to your drawers, yeah, I've got the mitigated gall. See, I'll take it all. Listen, my eyes, 
will glisten and the smirk of it all, and I'll smirk when you fall. See, now that's the joy of it all. A hard head makes a soft ass every time. And since you're having a ball and a glass of water, you sure enough tall and insanity, your jug of choice, insane pleasure and pain going against this deep mahogany wood grain. Come on, baby. Kiss me. I'm going to give you this here bad whiskey and peace. You know, if there was the personification of modern old school blues, and I'm I'm talking Louisiana Bayou old school blues, that poem would be it. That was one of the most phenomenal things I have heard in a while. I absolutely cannot tell you how much I dug my fingers into the gritty awesomeness of that piece. That was incredible. Thank you. I I love the part where, you know, the whole time, you know, you're, there's a line in a poem. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. There's a line in a poem that I wrote one time that when you, you were talking about someone I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to do that. That would be dumb. But it just when you were talking about, you know, you think you want to, I can't, I'm not going to quote directly because I'll flub it up really badly. But, you know, basically you're talking about, you think you want to drink of this. You think you want to sit with me, you know, you, you know, and, and you're almost amused at the naive bravery there. I just thought that was phenomenal. Thank it's like, you. It's so, so cute when they're brave like that, isn't it? You pat them on the head. <laughs> it's okay. Sit down. I haven't eaten in a while. <laughs> that was absolutely delicious, delicious, delicious. Thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to share it. I appreciate it. I appreciate absolutely you. Absolutely. My pleasure. You uh, going to come back next week and share again? Yes, I will. I would love that. All right, baby, tell everyone how they can come find you and show you some love. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Shelly Y. Fowler. In parentheses, my name is IG, which is A-J-E-E. You can find me on Facebook. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job tonight. I appreciate you so much, and I cannot wait to see what you bring next week. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, hon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Phenomenal. I loved that poem. It was just, yeah, that one spoke to me deeply. Okay, next caller, 215 followed by 256 followed by 510. 815. 815, are you there? Hola? Hi. Sorry, Lila. Hey, sweetie, how are you? (laughs) I seen a storm. I'm here. I'm okay. <laughs> uh, I thought I was gonna have to send out hair. the troops for you. Yeah, yeah. She had she had soap. Uh, her hair's full of shampoo, and I'm like, "Are you okay for me to leave you? I need a gym storm right quick." And she was like, <laughs> "Yeah, baby, go ahead. I'm okay." You know what I'm so saying? Because you know, maybe she needed me to rinse the back or something. But she told me I could I could go Gina storm. So you're, you're doing here. your doing your mama's hair. Is that what you said? She was washing her hair, and I thought she might need an assist, but she said she's got it. Ah, well, when you're done, give Mama a big hug for us, okay? 
I will absolutely, absolutely. Oh my gosh! So, so, Gina, us. Yes, ma'am. I um do not have a haiku. What? I'm happy that uh, look. I'm happy that Mama owns some other people have to do their homework. Uh, it's not that I didn't want to do my homework. I tried unsuccessfully <laughs> multiple times and was so angry. I'm thinking, yeah, if I can't do a good one, I'm not going to do one. But I'm going to keep working on it. You know what? It, That's not right. Doing. You have to give your you – are, Gina, you are going to write some of the worst shit in the world over your lifetime. Girl, you are going to write some of the most greatest, most profound stuff in your lifetime. You have to give yourself permission and know that it is okay to write shit because only by writing our yeah. way through the shit in our heads are we going to find the good it's stuff. It's one thing to write it. It's something else to share. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when you go back and you look through some shit. of the crap you've written, you can find a gem in there that you didn't know was there. So, oh, my God, yeah. And that's very true. It is. It is. It so is. permission to write true. freely, my love. So my, my permission that I'm giving myself is to share shit. <laughs> Don't hide my shit from the world. Share it. <laughs> Please. So next week, look, next week if I come with some shit, you're going to know why. I told you it was coming, so yeah. All right. Don't I, 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 I want to hear some Gina shit. I want to hear I want to share, hear a shitty poem. I want to hear oh, a poem you God. think is a shitty poem. Yep. Oh, and yeah, I bet no, it's gonna no, be good. I, I, I wrote any race, so that I don't know. And the way my memory is set up, they're gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the perfect balance, the perfect balance. Look, it. I just automatically delete. I don't even give myself a time to linger on the fact that God, that was horrible. We got to be okay I, with uh, our horrible, though. You know, yeah. that's what you half what? the exercises and the homework that I give people. Yeah. I mean, you without, have to go through the horrible homework, to find I think the sometimes great. Sometimes I wouldn't have a focus. Yeah, you give us this <laughs> opportunity to to focus on the on the things that are ugly. Like honestly, I'm one of those people. Like I don't want people to see the bad side, but the bad side is part of who I am, and it sometimes needs to be known that it does exist. I, I'm by no means perfect or flawless. Just that I filter everything I share. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure if you were on a different type of show, there might be something you would share on a different show that you wouldn't share here. Is that true? Mm, In a way. In a way. But but I'll I'll explain to you why not so much. And I'll tell you that that the atmosphere of some mics isn't even in the same neighborhood as the Speakeasy Cafe. Because I feel like, because I know a lot of poets who are very um, conscientious about sharing on mics their written pieces. They they don't mind if someone reads it. They just don't want to perform it. And I always tell them when I invite, like, the 20 poets that I invited tonight to this show, um, this is a safe, welcoming environment in which you can be yourself freely. Like, if you have long hair, let it down. So... There's a level of comfort here that I have never felt anywhere. And I, when this year began, I was hosting four shows, and I stopped because I was burning out. And as a result, I make sure that the poets that I know who need a mic daily know where they can catch a show, where they can feel like themselves and comfortably and happily, freely express themselves. So, and this is the place have you ever known? 
seriously, Gina, have you ever known anywhere like this on the face of the earth? I mean, we are absolutely, no. <laughs> to no. me, it's like a utopia community. There's no segregation. There's no judgment. There's no elite group. There's no nothing. I have never, I, you guys have no idea how proud I am I of all of you who built this community. Yes. It's just absolutely. It's poetry it's equality. It's young, old, it's men, it's women, it's Americans and people abroad. It's black, white, and everything in between. And it's, it's safe. And that to me is, I, I tell King Payton this all the time. I thank him for bringing safety back to my life because safety is a necessity and it's amazing. And if you've well, I'm glad you found a home here. Felt, oh, yeah. Well, if you've ever been in a situation where you felt your life was in danger or that your energy was in danger or that your peace of mind was in danger, <laughs> you avoid that. So when you find a happy place to be, come every week. You know, I had a friend one time ask me, you know, it was just a random question. And there's a lot more to this story than I'm willing to tell. But ask me, you know, Tell me a time when you felt safe in your life. And I started crying because I realized I could not pick one, not even one from my childhood. There was not one time I could ever remember feeling safe in my life. And it wasn't until about five years ago that I found that place. You know, about five years ago, I I found a place where I am, where I feel that now. And it's pretty awesome. You know, there's there's a lot. It really is powerful thing for someone to be able to say I feel safe it is I feel safe here and that's why I'm happily here every week mm-hmm. so I'm going to hurry up and spit my piece because I know there are other poets waiting to get on the mic and I'm just so happy to raise my hand early enough to share I'm going to dedicate this to King's Cadence in his absence he was feeling a little um, under the weather it's not even like it's a cold or anything you ever eat something bad and it lingers Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just indigestion, if it's heartburn, or, or if, you know, like most men, you know, if they break a nail, they're, they're babies. So it could be just being a male baby. But whatever the case is, I want him to feel better, and I'm going to dedicate this piece. I'm going to key style it because I wrote it on the 4th of July, 2016. It's titled Fireworks, Stay In. Drinking delicious frozen cocktails, watching our favorite movies, and listening to music after. An evening filled with cuddling and laughter. Hearing the explosions outside. Sometimes I want to get small and ball up and hide. And then I realize, I'm safe. Right here in your arms, that's where I want to stay. You smell amazing. I'm breathing you in. You smell so good always, and I know why. You're my man. You have this amazing ceremony you give off that intrigues me, even when you're not wearing cologne, you see. So here we are together in the love bubble, doing what we were destined to do. I'm not worrying about what I'm wearing because you told me that I'm beautiful naked, and I believed you. So today, as I lie next to you, my love, I'm fragrance free, and you are also attracted to me. Later, I'll be hungry. And I'll become your personal chef, an ongoing mystery, and never cease to amaze me as I see two things that you believe are quite tasty. I love the taste of love, and it's real. As we enjoy dinner on the balcony, you're staring at the sky, and I ask why. And you say, 
Fireworks have nothing on me. You're in awe of my natural beauty, flattered and blushing. You wrapped me in your arms before the big finish. As the sky lights up, I'm not alarmed. Because now it's time for you and I to kiss without interruption. This is the best part of it for me, and it's bliss. I never look at fireworks the same way as I did on that fateful day. He's King's Cadence, and I'm Gina Storm, and in his absence, we're still Storm's Cadence. Indeed. <laughs> yes, you are. All right, baby girl, that was absolutely gorgeous. Who are you going to read a second piece? Thank you. No, sis, I'm going to run. Uh, this whole thing with mom might still have shampoo in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Storm, and I'll be back next week. Absolutely. I can be found on Facebook, Gina with an E, Storm like inclement weather. King's Cadence is spelled creatively with two Ks. You can find us anywhere you can find poetry. Love you, Nyla. See you next week. Love you too, Gina. Good night, honey. <laughs> Poor mama. Take care of that mama. All right. We love you, Gina. Thank you. Our next caller. I'm going to go ahead and give you the rundown real quick. We have 256 713 503 was on earlier. They must have jumped off and came back maybe. I don't know. Then we have area code 575 and 585 that are not in the lineup. You guys can press one if you'd like to come on. Let's go ahead and grab area code 256. 256, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. Well, hello, sir. How are you? Much better. <laughs> you sound really good. Oh, I just feel so happy to be back on the airway again. <laughs> so what's going on with you? Oh, wait, introduce busy, yourself. Busy, Dan out of Alabama. Thank you. Okay. It's just been busy, busy work for Issue, issue. Uh, it's been hectic, to say the least. Well, I'm glad that it slowed down enough for you to be here. I have to ask you something, because every time you say Alabama, and maybe I've asked you this before, but every time you say Alabama, it makes me think of it. Because I went to Alabama, just outside Birmingham, one time. Uh, I actually went with a friend for the whole... It told me I had to have the full Southern Dunk baptism, which I don't believe in organized religion, but I went and experienced that whole thing. And, um, but did the whole, you know, went down there. I met his grandma, Willie, who was exactly four feet tall and had worked in a cannery her entire life, had never been outside of her hometown and still lived in her parents' house who, and cooked with a wood burning stove. No electricity, yes. no running water, had a hand pump. I mean, t- I mean, this yes. is as old school Alabama mountain woman as you could get, right? And she made me a chess pie and then gave me the recipe for it. Have you ever had chess pie? I, had to have, I have to ask you that because that's definitely a southern thing. That's, an, that's like an old southern Alabama recipe type thing, chess pie. Uh-huh. Have you had it? Well, I haven't. I'm going to send you a recipe for it and you have to make it. Really? I'll send you the recipe that Grandma Willie, Grandma Willie's chess pie. It's like a, it's like a, it's something that they made back in the old days, you know, when you didn't have a whole bunch of ingredients and you had to work with what you had. I mean, it has cornmeal in it for God's sake and vinegar. Can you imagine a pie with vinegar and cornmeal? I know. Think about that. It's yummy. 
I'll post, actually, you guys, everybody, I'm going to post the recipe for that on my page. Sometimes inspiration comes from strange places. And I think that this eating this pie would be very inspiring. So anyone who wants to know how to make this old, amazing Southern recipe for, for cornmeal and vinegar pie, it's called chess pie. I will post the recipe on my page. All right. So I just had to ask that because, you know, Alabama triggered a memory. That that knee jerk reaction. Remember, I talked about that. Yeah. All right. So, how are you doing? What you got for us? Well, actually, what I've got for you is a an interesting tip. Not sure which one to go with. I'm really not. Well, actually, it's it's two completely separate kind of quotes. One is from Karl Marx. Men are the products of circumstances and upbringing. And that's his quote. And uh, <laughs> that one, or drawing was one from Gustave Flaubert. Flaubert. And it's we can be the master of what we can do, but never what we do. And I'm not sure which one to do. Mm. Oh, you could do two. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and start with good old Carl. Because <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't like Carl? Oh, yeah. Right. Carl Martin. Yes. <laughs> They're not often spoken of brother of Groucho. Right. Here we go. Uh, with a quote, men are the product of circumstances and upbringing, extenuating circumstances. Why such rage in some hearts? We in a modern millennium with advances bordering on miraculous. Still old ways arise, nine defined ends. This brings new fire to old ashes. This new wound to old of old wounds open to fester become toxic. Reforms change bondage of interrogated hate and pointless fear. These repeated offenses continue to plague a pandemic of misleading ignorance. We must find a common human accord to bring sanity back to hearts for healing. So the next not infected by elders mistakes. Leave no excuses to rationalize hate shadows spreading over the unified life. Equality realized without prejudice defeated as an extenuating circumstance. Empty. That was phenomenal. You are you are so welcome, Stan. You're gonna read two, right? Huh? You're gonna read two? Um, yes, we're gonna go ahead okay. with Gustav Flaubert and his We Can Be the Master of What We Do but never what we feel. Never what we feel? 
that what you said, what we feel? We are, we can be the master of what we do, but never what we feel. Okay. And that's so true. All right, go. And I wrote a piece called Controlling. Arising from another moon of morning to face the oppressive gnawing pain of life minus your presence. Days trudge regrettingly on. A routine of emotionless motion. Political, social issues, the weather, all traumas, dramas, and banter. Going responses to a world sans color, all in gray. Even a laugh reduced to a conditioned response. I maintain my way in existence on instinct and redundant action. The facade of control to the world while my heart cracks in oblivion. Despair, a constant companion in absence of your life. And Incredible. Those are both incredible. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to write. I'm trying to find time to write, but it's been difficult. But when I do... <laughs> you have a you have a I'm lot not, going on. Yeah, I do. I do. This is we we have so many people that are like a part of our circle who have health conditions or are very elderly, and we have sort of become their their legs and their hands out here in the world, you know, trying to keep up with what they need. Plus, what we're trying to do for ourselves out here, it's a scramble. It is. It is. You know, I, it's it's really funny because it just, with everything slowed down and stopped, why does it feel like it is still a scramble? It is. It, well, I've got a daughter who was working a, a consistent job. She was good at it. She had it going on. This happened. She, she self-isolated in April when it first started really kicking off. And when she thought of going back, she found out that one of her co-workers had gone out to a party where she had exposed herself to people who were positive for COVID and called the manager and told him that. And the manager sat there and said, well, just come on in and don't say anything. This is some of the mentality of you. You know, wow. so my daughter hasn't gone back to that place because she knows these people are not taking care of themselves. And there's like this really bit of a constant back and forth between her and my grandson because he was working, you know, and he's not going to school right now. And he wants to go back out and work and earn money. But the idea of him going out there and exposing himself to the public is You'll see half the people up here wearing masks. You'll see half of them not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. The majority do social distance, but uh, there's many who just don't seem to believe any of this is real. Explain that to all the dead people, folks. I'm telling you. You know, and all we can do is say, okay, do the best you can to protect yourself. Do the best you can to protect your family. 
and hope some of these people finally come to the reality, oh, this isn't going away. You know. All right, Stan. Yeah, I've, someone is, I, I don't remember what I was doing, but someone was talking about um, when the COVID was going on. It's like it's still going on. It is. See, this is the thing with me. Now, I live way up here in the northwest corner. We're, we're pretty rural out there, you know. So seeing people without masks and that, because we don't have large groups or large congregations or, or gatherings, you know. You know, the, the big gathering place would probably be the Walmart. Okay? But even there, there are people who are, who are masked. They're practicing social distancing. You know, they're trying. But we haven't had any kind of a major out. Everybody is so spread out. You know, what they're not getting is that, you know, you've got people who live in more concentrated conditions in cities we're going to be coming through town. And if they see you all laid back, then they might think, oh, we can be laid back up here. And boom, there you go. This is something that has to be an effort from all sides, which is always. And I think about it and I go, yeah, I'm a health risk, but I'm also a guy who's done all kinds of different work, been exposed to all kinds of different things. I probably got antibodies nobody's ever even seen before. You know, <laughs> I got moves you've Seriously, never seen <laughs> from some of the from, from some of the work that I, I used to do a lot of the work nobody else wanted, and that's how I ensured that I would get a paycheck because I'm doing something nobody else wants, so I'd have that job for a while, right? Because nobody else wanted it. Mm-hmm. But this was some dirty work, and I've been exposed to a lot of different chemicals and things. So maybe I'm never going to be the guy that ever comes down with. You know, I might be one of those asymptomatic people who walk around with the thing crawling all over him, but never catches it. Because I got I got a son-in-law who has health issues. I've got daughters, sons, grandsons. I've got people around me every day, to where this wouldn't be a good thing for to happen to them. And that's where people have to be. It's not just about protecting yourself; it's protecting the person right next to you. This is true. Like this I is said, true. Maybe everybody, maybe everybody will get on board and figure it out. We can hope, right? <laughs> we can hope. All right, sweetie. Yeah, tell that, them how to find you. Just, just came a beautiful rainbow and sunshine all through your show. That conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, life is not always fuzzy ducks. No, it isn't. Like I said, sunshine and chick burgers. Oh, something new, something new on the menu tonight. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> we will talk to you soon, baby. Thank you. Tell everyone how to find you. Give them your your uh, your your okay. virtual digits. I'm I'm Stanley Phillips on Facebook. When I have the time and I'm not completely broken down, you will find me on Nyla's Speaking to Cafe. Hopefully, sometime tomorrow night, you might hear me on Google the Open Mic. On Twitch, uh, Saturdays I usually co-host a show called Earth Locker at eight o'clock. 
on the Epiphany Radio Network, which is also Blog Talk. You can also find me in the 2017, 2018, and 2019 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic, and in the Outlaw Poetry Anthology, We're in Cahoots, which was together by the Outlaw Poet Philip Kent Church. Rest in peace, my friend. Wow. And that's, that's about it. I can't forget. All right, sweetheart. I I am emotionally full now. I'm good. <laughs> I do. Then on to the next year, lady. Cannot wait to hear from you next week. I miss you so much when you're not around, my love. Oh, and I've been missing you guys. I really have. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Stan. My pleasure. Bye, baby. All right, next caller. Area code seven one three seven one three. You're on the air. Greetings. To you, Sir Lawrence. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you, sweetheart? Better than ever. <laughs> well, then that's that's good. You know, I figure every single day that I wake up, that's my best day ever. I don't even care if I have a shitty day. If I woke up that morning, that's my best day ever. That's right. I mean, what's the point of getting out amongst folks if you you got something wrong with you? Mm-hmm. So it's good to hear from you. Introduce yourself to everyone. Sir Lawrence. That's my um, pen name, pseudonym. And uh, you can find me on Facebook, Sir, Sir Lawrence, and everything. Um, okay, cool. I understand you had a, a haiku assignment. Yeah. Did you were you here to catch it or did you just catch it? Did you hear the the logistics of it? I just heard I just heard about it and I have a piece. It's not quite a haiku, but it's in the ballpark. Okay. There was a man who didn't know how to read. He bumped into a man that could but didn't. And after spending some time, they both realized they were one and the same. Wow. Read that again for me, please. There was a man who didn't know how to read. He bumped into a man that could but didn't. Sometimes they both realized they were one and the same. Wow. That's that's really awesome. That's my haiku. I like it. You get an A plus for homework. Right on, the right assign- on. The assignment is to write a haiku every single day for a year. And I don't care if it takes oh. 600 days for you to get your 365 Days, your year's worth of haiku. If you miss a day, you just keep going. But write a haiku a day every single day of the year. The end of the year, you're going to have 365 haikus. There's going to be a whole bunch of them that are crap. But if you can find between 38 and 60 of them that you really love, then you've got a poetry haiku book ready to be published. This is fact. 
Yep. So every day go out and look for something where 17 syllables. That's your assignment. Get on it. I'm on it. Mr. Sir Lawrence, chop, chop. <laughs> were you, you going to read two for us, hon? I have one. It'll break up the monotony a little bit. Um, this is called, uh, can you hear me good? We can hear you excellently. The assessment. What is it? I mean, what is it about the butt that makes us stop and stare? Is it because those twin cheeks move to a rhythm of their own beat? Like Calypso, a Roomba, or tight and neat? That dairy air that gives one pause to room till it was time to applaud. Yes. Applauded how you could pour on a pair of jeans. Yes, applaud for the acrobats you had to perform just to get those jeans on. Those high pockets controlling our eye sockets like watching nervous jello or surround sound with things going everywhere. That ass said so nonchalantly but very purposefully displayed for eye candy like we really understand the anatomy. Tribute has become more than an avocation, being shown audaciously with attitude, strictly for attention, inciting cries from the hounds while asking yourself, why do I act like that? And the hounds say, why must I feel like that? Now that you've been totally distracted and your eyes are fat, what you really wanted was that cat. Those buds come in all shapes and sizes and some. So overstand this intrusion because most times, it's just an illusion. The real tale is in the walk. There's no misunderstanding there. Because if you really think about it, it has to stick out somewhere. Sir Lawrence. Bravo. That was awesome, Thanks. sweetheart. You're welcome. Great job. Absolutely great job. Right on. <laughs> All right. Something. Go ahead. Some things have to be mentioned. They do. You know, you I you probably heard me say it before, you know, all of you have heard me say it before. We have to write our own truth. Exactly. You know, we we, we have to we have to speak without filters. We have to write our own truth. Some things can't be ignored. If we don't talk about them, then we leave the telling of our history up to those who have something to profit, gain, or hide in its telling. And so, you know, what we do as writers is important. The things we say, the things that have to be said are important. Simply put. 
All right, sweetheart. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We are wordsmiths. <laughs> Tell everyone how to find you, baby. Uh, I am on uh, Facebook under Sir Sir Lawrence, and um, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, give me a shout. Give me a plug in. Give me a like. Give me a, uh, you know, and then we'll go from there. Perfect. And we will hear from you next week. Same time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sweetheart. It was a pleasure having you here tonight. Fantastic. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We have right. three more callers to get on. We're going to get you guys quickly. Let's go ahead. We have 615, then 503, then 836. We'll close out the show. Let's go ahead and grab... Six one five. Six one five, you're on the air. Miss Nyla, let me introduce myself to you in the audience. I go by C double thirty four music. How are you this evening? I am wonderful. How are you doing, CW? Is that right? Can I call um, you CW? Do I know you well enough? Uh, well, is C double like double cheeseburger? C-double. Oh, C double. C double. Thirty four music. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm at the, you know, I work as a nursing assistant on the front line. And um, there's a lull in the shift. So this is when I usually do my poetry. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for what you're doing out there in the medical community. It's a scary time, and I don't know that I could do what you're doing. So I appreciate you. Just know that. I mean, that, and that's being, I mean, it's, it just terrifies me. And so... You know, I know that that you guys, I know that, I mean, all these frontline people, it's their job. It's what they do. They do these jobs for a reason. But this has to be a scary time for you guys, too. You are not immune to the fear or the dangers. And so the fact that, you know, it's basically like a soldier. A soldier signs a piece of paper and leaves his family and his loved ones in his comfortable bed to go eat dirt and live in mud and fear and and a rain of bullets. You know, he makes that choice to go do that because we don't have, you know, frontline workers too. You choose your jobs. You know, you put yourselves yeah. in danger and, and and that's something to be commended and recognized and you know, just thank thankful. I'm thankful for you guys. Well, thank you for that. Um after all these years, I for some reason, you know, I'm aware of what's going on. But I see, you know, maybe I see the conspiracies and all that other stuff. I don't, I don't walk in fear. I, I'm kind of that guy that's like, oh, y'all don't want to mess with me because <laughs> I might tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you so, are. <laughs> yeah, it took me a long while to get to this point, but maybe it's because I'm over fifty and my tolerance is worn thin. <laughs> so, hey. That's, that's one of the nice up, things nice things that come with age with growing up, as you say, is you know mm-hmm. it used to be when I was younger, I would not go out to the mailbox and check my mail if my hair was not done, my makeup was not perfect. Now I run out there half naked, grab it, and run back in the house. you know, oh bad hair, <laughs> still have slobber on the side of my face. I don't even think my socks match, you know 
<laughs> I don't care. But, you know, and there's a certain thrill in that. I'm not going to lie. But still, you know, it's much different than when I was young, when I thought people cared what I looked like when I got my mail. You know, it's, right. it's weird the way you change as you get older. Yeah, I remember me with the LL Cool J's with the one leg up and stuff like that. Teal back in the 90s mm. and stuff, mm-hmm. trying to sport that just to go get them, go get the mail. I'm like, come on, man. Mm. I know, right? I'm glad just I wasn't a t-shirt, the only one. Thank just you. a t-shirt and jeans would be just fine. I have the t-shirt, but I'm telling you, I'm one of those people, if I walk in my house, pants are overrated. I usually run around in a t-shirt in my house. This is probably much more information than you guys need to know. But th- for me, that's comfortable. You know, so, you know, I, I I just, there's just something about a t-shirt. It's so comfy just being running around a t-shirt. And uh, as I've gotten older, I don't even care. I don't even put my pants to go get my mail. My t-shirts are long, right? They don't know that I don't have shorts on. (laughs) Right. Oh God, I'm horrible. Okay, baby. Tell us what you got tonight. Okay. Now I heard about the haiku and I've never written a haiku before, but I gave it a shot. Because I don't know if it's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. I don't know Mm -hmm. how it goes. I know it's like three lines. Yeah. So I just wrote this. I haiku like high karate cologne over your body burnt nostrils. Wow. That's what (laughs) I That was the first one you've ever written? First one. That's really good. So you should do this, certainly. Any, Any poet worth their weight? in anything has to have a book of haiku poetry. I don't care if they're a classic sonnet writer. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. every actor that's anybody has their cameo appearance on Saturday Night Live. So every poet has to have a haiku book. If you were to sit down and write a haiku, and all they are is poetic hiccups. We have them all day long. We'll have an idea or a line will come into our head. If we just write that down, we can turn it into haiku at the end of the day. But for 365 days, write a haiku a day. At the end of that year, however long it takes you to write those, that year's worth, I don't care if it's two years, but by the time you have those, pick between like 38 and 60 of them, and you've got a haiku book ready to publish. So maybe I'll do that after I finish. Yeah, maybe I'll do that after I finally finish this book that I'm working on right now. I've got 80 poems right now. I'm trying to get to 70 more. So for one book, for one book, that's a lot for one book. Well, I don't know. It's my first book. That many in one book. This is my seriously, seriously. This is my advice to you. Mm -hmm. Do not put more than between 38 and 60 poems in one book. And I say 60 if they're haikus because they're shorter. But 38 is a really good number. You know, a couple less maybe 10 more than that is a really good number. Otherwise it's like throwing all your chickens in the pot when you could actually, mm-hmm. you know, make six or seven soups out of all those chickens. I'm making chicken soup tonight and chicken noodle. Can you tell? <laughs> Sorry, but you know, you don't, oh, you don't want to. And if you do 36 poems in a book, 36 poems or less, it's considered a chat book. So later on, if you wanted to go to, you know, so-and-so journal and submit your poem for publication, they always want first rights of publication. So if you have a book of of over 36 poems, if you published it in a, say you did a book of 60 poems, okay, Mm -hmm. 
that every poem in that book, all 60 of them are now dead in the water to be published by someone besides you in self-publishing because they are already okay. published. If you publish them in a chat book, which is 36 poems, then that is considered a promotional piece. So if you were to go out, that's like a, a sampling, you know, and if you look around, if you look at poetry books in a store, you will see a lot of them follow that format. Because then mm. it's like, if you go out to a spoken word thing, you know, here's, here's a, here's my chat book. They can call it a chat book. And you can look on the internet and Google that and kind of read up on the difference between those. But if you have 36 poems or less, if it's published in a chat book, then if you wanted to go and have that poem published in the New Yorker journal, because they were doing a special anthology on, you know, blah, 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 whatever, you could submit it to them and it's considered a non-published poem. So you're not killing your poetry. You're not killing your options for your poetry. Because even if we do our books, which are self-published now, you know, all of us still should be looking at building up our writer's resume and submitting work to um, established presses. So don't, you know, these are just, just you do what you want because I'm not the boss of you, but I would feel really bad if I did not give you this advice because it is your first book. Okay, so I'm going to have to change my title because the title was 100 plus random thoughts because I think of these things. So I'm Mm -hmm. going to have to change that number up because I've already got 80 right now. That's a lot. You know, the only time Mm -hmm. that you ever see a poetry book with that many poems in it, unless it's like a haiku or something like that, is an anthology, you know, where several people Mm -hmm. have contributed. But that's way too much of your work in one place at one time because then you have nothing left. You have nothing in the reserves. You could probably get three good books out of those. Well, a book and a half out of what you've got written right now, you know, three good books out of, you know, what you plan on writing. So really try to look at them and find a, a connection in theme doesn't have to be these are all poems about nature these are all poems about politics these are all poems about rubber ducks all right but mm-hmm. something ones that have the same taste the same feel you know come from the same place when you write you know are they inspirational are they a rant are they something to teach you know and try to start classifying them and putting them into you know a word file on your computer Make a list of the ones that fit those categories. And when you write one, put in one of those categories. And then when you go to write to publish your book, you can say, okay, this one's going to be the ones that are inspirational. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to put a poem that's going to rant and make someone feel, you know, guilty for not, what, recycling. And then the next poem you're making them feel good. You want to have a common theme in your poems so that you don't push someone all over the place. It's a lot to think about. I know I'm going to shut up because I'm just going to take all the fun out of it for you. You do what you want, but if you, you know, if you, uh, (laughs) if, if you have any questions, just let me know and I'll help you out there. Okay. (laughs) Okay, cool. All All right. So I guess I have two poems here. Perfect. So whenever you're ready. You go when you're ready, hon. Okay. Um, This one is called, I Don't Owe You the Old Me. Alone on the aisle of battered hands, placed there by self-conscious minds, who believe that the views expressed by who I'm in progress to become 
are not necessarily those of this network I used to be, you know, docile, passive, never making waves in the waters of attempts to please those important in my time capsule that is the autobiography, who say, and why say this now, in the spiritual transformation, Kesara and face value was my normal doormat routine, being that yes person who inside spake different, going against the grain of natural destination. Oh, how I wish my past life had the balls to be unplugged and not saying contrarian, but what was really real. No matter how painful or left by the wayside, and maybe speaking this way is how it's supposed to be without the commercial interruption and argumentative interrogation techniques. At least I'm heard, whether it's understandable to some or not. My dissertations have discernment. They're never spilled haphazardly. They challenge the mirror imagery and fantasizes pretending of scripted roles chosen and who you really are. I don't tell you everything I think. Why would my obedience to the one who created me cause so much drama and vitriol? Maybe because the peripheral way I was molded and shaped became the old wineskin, that little boy, so adorable. No proof needed, and there's no mistaken identity. If my truth is God's truth, then I get the hatred and shock spewed out of the orifice. If what God has made me makes me intolerant to your historical content and recollection, then this walk along this path so narrow is leading me correctly. Can't go back to your images of dependability. I go where the Lord takes me so this shows that you don't know him or me. Maybe you just know too much and you feel you're my savior, that you gave me blood and my name. Well, let me clarify right now. I run my own race and it's cross country, long distance. I shoot basketballs from 30 feet plus and I hit all net. My father comes first, then my wife. So let's keep it selfish. Who is my heritage, the one that follows me as I follow Christ? You have the right to remain silent, as do I. You also have the right to refuse service to buttholes like me. No worries. This is what you're titled, labeled, called me for my disagreements. At least I'm being granted the revealing of how you really see me as it's deep-seated. That's that piece. You know, that one and the first, the haiku, when I talk about having a similar flavor, both of those would go together. Both of those have a similar flavor to them. One of the things that someone told me one time that I'm a feminist poet, which I absolutely bristled at and actually got kind of offended because I love being a woman. You know, I love, you know, I, I believe that, you know, if you make a man feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof, there's nothing in the world he wouldn't do for you. I love my power comes from being female, you know, and not, yeah. not an abusive power, but understanding what I am as a female and my value as a female. 
you know, and to not, to, you know, there's a, a line in a poem I wrote one time uh, called women quit cutting, women quit, women quit cutting the balls off your man. A lion isn't a lion if he eats from your hand. Wow. You know, so, but, you know, so to call me a feminist poet, I, I found that offensive because I just thought it was, you know, I'm running around in Birkenstocks. No offense to people wearing Birkenstocks, but, you know, <laughs> it, it just, that's what, you know, that was that image of me, you know, and, and they told me to read up on third generation feminism. And what I realized was that third generation feminism is, you know, first generation was we're equals, we get a vote. Okay, let us vote. We're marching around with our corsets and our signs. You know, then there was a whole Billie Jean King thing. I can do anything as good as you. I burn my bra. Third generation feminism is where it's okay for me to be beautiful and sexy and soft and strong and powerful and dangerous and comforting. You know, we don't, it's okay to be beautiful and feminine and a woman and still be worth something, still have power. And so when they described it that way, it's like, oh, you're right. I, I guess maybe I am. The reason I bring mm-hmm. that up is because if someone were to talk about third-generation masculine poet, you know, right. I, there's really a flavor of that. I see a flavor of that in yours. I see, I hear a growth of a man, of of the understanding of what it means to be a man, the understanding of strength, the understanding of, you know, especially in that one where you talk about so many things that molded you into who you are, you know, these things that we're taught and, and realizing that we are something beyond, you know, I'm something beyond crossed legs and lipstick, you know, you know, you're, you're something beyond, you know, having to be, you know, Superman and, Inhuman, you know, you're human. You you have all this stuff inside of you. This passion is as a man inside of you, and these opinions on life, and you don't fit into a mold. And it's okay not to. It's okay, believe you should be, and not have to run around your whole life playing into a scenario or playing into a mold that's built from you since childhood. And I hear that in your poetry, you know. So maybe that could be one of the themes that you kind of think about you know, looking for that in your poems as you're putting together some of your collections, because I think that's really powerful. I think that's, that's, you know, both of those pieces had that for me, had that power in it for me. Well, thank you for that, because I call it, I don't know why I do this, but I call it observational poetry. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that Seinfeld kind of thing, but it's not always funny, but it's observational. It's not. It's observational about what I see around me. Observational about my whole life in general. It's just mm-hmm. that transparency. It's just that revealing, and it's still that growing. relationship to the world. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank awesome, you very awesome much. Awesome debut, sweetheart. Great job. All right. I'll be writing the haikus every day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you come back next week, you can share another one with me, okay? And and do Will shoot do. me a message if you have any questions on, you know, look up chat books, look up things like that. You know, take a look at some books online, look at the table of contents, and kind of 
familiar. You know, you don't want to, you want to give, it's kind of like when you're flirting with a girl, right? Yeah, you want to come up to her, mm-hmm. you want to give them a taste, give them a little charm and leave them wanting for more. Gotcha. You know, you, you don't want to drown them the first time, you know, give them, give them mm-hmm. something to keep coming back to, you know, feed them a little bit and make them hungry for more. You're going to be awesome. You're a great writer. I appreciate you sharing all that with me tonight, and I'm excited to see what you do. And I guess I better let people know how they can get in touch with me. That would be very good. Uh, I have my Facebook Facebook profile page, which is Clarence Ferguson, Jr. And then I have a public group page called C Double 34 Music and Friends. So I just say check them out. 30 C double 34. It's the number 34, right? Number 34, music and friends. Writing that down. All right. Awesome, sweetheart. Great job tonight. I cannot wait to see what you bring next week. All right. Thank you very much, Miss Nala. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Good to meet you as well. Good night, hon. All right. Good night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. Hi, John. How are you, sir? I I am well, I guess. Um, I've been trying to get on the program for a couple of weeks and keep having to fall out of the lineups, and I would like to apologize for that. But I have a family who loves me. Aw, well, then I'm glad for that. <laughs> yeah, I told <laughs> my grandson that I consider the consequences, you know, <laughs> or the, the uh, not told... consequences, but the opposite. I told my grandson I was getting ready to, you know, read a poem on blog talk radio. And he, seven years old, says, what's a radio? Oh, God. You're kidding me. Yeah. Uh, You want to know how a dad gets into her daughter? (laughs) It's like, really? These kids don't know what a radio is? How can they not know what a radio is? That's weird. My son knows what a radio is. Now, he's 26, but he's never listened to it. He only, (laughs) you know, I mean, all of his music comes from the Internet. Anyway, Blog Talk Radio is kind of funny because you guys, you might want to change the name, you know, get a little more upbeat. (laughs) I know, right? Well, we're the speakers. Who, who cares? We don't even. I'm joking. Anyway, I wrote a poem like three weeks ago, and I wanted to, you know, share it with you because I thought it was funny, and um, it's taken me this long to get my family to stop bothering me. So, would you like to hear my poem? I would love to hear your poem. All right, my poem is called Sales Pitch. I have these old words, and they were unused, so I parted them out. Adverbs and pronouns, incomplete sentences. I'm selling my thoughts. I have in my store misplaced and dangling modifiers, run-ons, and comma splices. I even have a few parallelisms. I keep them in the dress drawer. They copulate there. Please inquire discreetly. 
in the foam. What the hell? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it's, I, I was going through these old journals, and I saw these things that I was really pissed off about, you know, one of my teachers trying to teach me English vocabulary. And then I mm-hmm. saw this other one where it said, it said, teacher says, put your poem in the desk drawer and wait days, then take it out. Right? And mm-hmm. it's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I keep them in my dress drawer to copulate. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I understand I understand the sentiment. I don't understand what they were saying, but it was just funny. I like it you said you're way much better. <laughs> uh, well, words. You know, you're so clever. Really, oh, come on. It's just all funniness, you know, but it is fun, you know, and um, you were going on about, um, you know, journals when, you know, you first started. And uh, I am lucky enough at 60 to have writings that I have made since I was like 10. So I've been going through a lot of these old journals. And um, wow, it's like 110 pounds of journals. I know, isn't that crazy? How many do you have? A lot. <laughs> Only mine, mine aren't so much journals. They're spiral notebooks. I have a lot of spiral notebooks. It wasn't until maybe uh, eight years ago, actually, that I started. And I had a couple before then, but it wasn't until eight years ago that I actually started writing in certified hardbound journals. Mm-hmm. I... Um was lucky enough in 1976 to see how George Harrison of the Beatles wrote his poetry. And I have consequently a number of napkins, things like that. that I've written shit. I have whole boxes of them. I don't feel so bad now. And you don't dare throw them. One of these days I'm going to transfer this into a journal. That's never going to happen. I'm I'm going to, my kids are going to find boxes of Kleenex when I'm dead. You you have to see George Harrison's I Me Mine, you know, get a, get a freaking hardbound version of this, and you will see in there pictures of every song he ever wrote, and they're mostly on napkins. Mm-hmm. Seriously. I mean, this guy was like, you know, prolific on nap- napkins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's you funny. Go on, right? <laughs> Whatever, whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. Whatever uh, it takes. I, I just think it's so funny. You know, you know, you find out these famous people did exactly what you're doing. You know, and then you wonder, right? You know, why not me? Right? Oh, come on, that was rhetorical. I was, I was, I'm listening to you, but I'm also perusing, I'm perusing your profile pictures while I'm talking to you. And I just came across the tarantula squirrel picture. What the hell is that? Um, I have a, like, um, a whole thing of clones. Yeah. Where we put things together and. Squirrel tarantula. Oh, 
I'm Sorry, so it just threw me it threw me off balance. Sorry, I just saw that and it was like <laughs> I hate spiders and I love little chipmunks. That's not a squirrel, that's a chipmunk. So I'm just, I'm looking at that and it's like, oh, oh no. Oh what? what all right, fuck? all right. Go, 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 <laughs> go to the one where I married a uh, squirrel with a uh, uh, like tiger. You're sitting on your like roof. Oh no, I'm scared. <laughs> all right, I will find that. John, tell everyone how to find you. <laughs> well, I'm on Facebook, but because I'm over age, I have to stay indoors now. Um, you don't get to see me or hear me, but I do get around. I try to, at least. Or my <laughs> grandchildren, I think. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I boring you? No, I'm looking at a picture of you with Smokey the Bear. He's so cute. Okay, I'll stop messing with your pictures. Oh, now. wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm with Smokey the Bear, and there's a girl next to me, right? No, that's just you and Smokey the Bear. The girl's cut out. If there was a girl there ever, yeah, she's not there uh, in the picture. Too bad. She was cute. I don't know where she that's went. Right. She, she, did, she didn't there. like me anyway. <laughs> They all liked you. Although we played all right. together for three years. All right, baby, I love you. Thanks for having me on. Sorry about the last couple of weeks and me jumping in and out. Okay, when you make it here, I am all happy. You know that. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad you All right, that. sweetheart. <laughs> we'll see you soon, baby. So, uh, put your, send me your, your phone number, by the way. I need to call you about something. Like on Messenger or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Messenger, in Facebook Messenger, just shoot me your phone number if that's okay. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. Okay. I'll be up, I'll be up for all night. <laughs> all right, darling. I appreciate you. it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, hon. All right. Our next caller, 863, you are on the air. Um, Hello, Nyla. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's good to hear from you, Noreen. What do you have for us tonight? We've got nine okay, minutes okay. left, and I've got to get 419 on, too. So I'm going to try to be oh. quick with both of you so I can get you both on. Okay. Okay. Um, um, I got um, I'll, I got a, a short poem from Gary. His is called The Rhythm of the Falling Rain. Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. It sounds like poetry to me. The reoccurrence of every little drop. The end. Aw, that's beautiful. Thank you. And and I'll change my poem since we're running late. And I'll change it to another one, to a different one. It's a shorter one. It's called Thinking. And I use The Splendored World, your portrait prompt on Splendored World. That's what I used. Okay, called Thinking. Sitting here, just thinking our love, our memories. How do I go on without you? I need you, especially now, in the splendid world we live in. You will always be in my heart, in my writings, everywhere I go. The end. That was beautiful, Noreen. Okay, thank you. You are so welcome. You are so welcome. All right. Was that it? Is that it? Uh, yes. Yes. Wow, that was short and sweet. So, yes. we love you. We love Gary. Yes. I'm glad you yes. shared those. 
And what would you like to share with us? How to find you guys? Okay, you can find Gary and I on our three books on Amazon: Reflections of Our Inner Beings, The Aura of Truth, and the and Two Hearts in One. And you can find both of us on um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot uh, com front slash poetry. And you can find Gary on Facebook.com, on um, PoetryPoem.com, and on ReverbNation.com. And he's also Googleable and Googleable. Indeed <laughs> <laughs> okay. he is. And you can, okay, you can find me on Facebook.com and um, ReverbNation.com, PoetryPoem.com. And you can also find both of us on Co-Fi.com. And you can also find us on the Poetry Club, and we have a the um, um, Facebook Live every Saturday night on the Poetry Club at about five thirty, and we'll be there too. And you'll see hear us here too. Yes, we better. Yes, and and I'm also Googleable and Googleable. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am, you are. All right, Noreen, great job tonight, honey. We love you so much. You sound great. I've been watching what you've been doing online, and you know, keep posting what's going on with you. Keep posting, uh, you know, what's what's uh, what you're doing with um, um, honey Parker, your poetry stuff and the honey stuff. Yeah, yeah. The poetry club. Yeah. Yes, and what I um help um um honey Parker with too. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, um, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome, honor. honey. Okay, you welcome. And we love you all and it's and it's good to be on here. Thank you. Oh. You're welcome. And we just we appreciate you guys both. We love you both. Thank you, Noreen. Okay. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. All right. <laughs> bye bye, hun. Okay, talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Next caller. Closing us out for the evening is area code four one nine. Four one nine, you're on the air. Hi, Nada. Hey, sweetheart. I'm glad you were able to make it on. Me too. What's going on okay, with you, sweetie? Uh, nothing much. Just writing and hanging in there. So, so we got a new one. I actually just finished this one um, last week called Rise Up. <clears throat> they came to the shores of our motherland invaded our villages, and hunted us like animals. Men, women, children, our ancestors. For them, rise up. In the bottom of ships, chained together, foot to foot, hand to hand, neck to neck, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, roughly entangled by chains. For them, rise up. Deprecated, segregated, separated, families negated, transgressed, depressed, sold into slavery, beaten for your bravery. For them, rise up. Emancipation, divided nation, freedom just an incantation, separate schools, separate rules, segregated vestibules, rise up. Tulsa Slatter, Emmett Hill, damn Mississippi, the blood you spill. Your wrath cannot destroy our will. Rise up, my people, rise up. You tried your best to destroy our plight when we demanded our civil right. Your dogs and hoses could not deter us. Your billy clubs could not defer us. With everything 
you tried to do, we cross that bridge in spite of you. Rise up, my people. Rise up. For all my brothers, red and brown, in a country that has beat you down, for all who walk a different path and are victimized by others' wrath, it is time that we unite. Together we can win this fight. Rise up against the fisk and stops. Rise up against these brutal cops, this racist nation in which we live. From the poor you take to the rich you give. Rise up. Rise up from shore to shore, around the world, from door to door. Lift your voices, raise your hand. Against oppression, take your stand. Rise up, my people, I implore. So I can breathe, we'll be no more. Rise up. How empowering is that? That was incredible, hon. Thank you. Are you going to read just the one? Or are you going to read well, two tonight? I heard you talk about, I wasn't reading another one, but I heard you talking about haikus. And so um, I, I dabble in haikus sometimes. Uh, my, uh, I, I actually write them in, I write some in Japanese. Uh, my first wife was was Japanese and she wrote haikus and really was into haikus. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one of my haikus. Uh, I'll say it in Japanese first, and then give it to you in English. Okay. Kimi no mei wa hoshito naji desu, sorito aishimasu. Your eyes are like the stars at night, and I love you. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. That was absolutely beautiful. I love haikus. I like them too. You know, and it's it's everyone thinks a haiku five seven five. I mean, that's the traditional uh, um, American accepted form for a haiku poem. But there's actually right. tons of different forms of haiku poetry. Right. Traditional Japanese haiku poetry doesn't have doesn't follow those rules. So it's really fun, you know, if somebody is interested in writing haikus to learn the different ways, the different formats of the poem, because they're vast. And that was awesome. I didn't know you could speak Japanese. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to teach English to Japanese students. Uh, I spent eight and a half years in Japan, and I took two years of Japanese in college. That's incredible. That would be so fun. It was. I can't even imagine. And they make good money. People who do that make really good money. At least from what I've been told. I have a couple of friends that teach overseas. My sister teaches overseas in Germany. Yeah. I didn't didn't teach in school. I just some tutors, some Japanese students. And uh, I lived in a a village outside the base called Satozaki in uh, there are a couple of high school students that want to learn English, and so so I tutored them. That's cool. See, all these things I learn about you slowly but surely, the mystery is unraveling. <laughs> all right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for calling in. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Melvin D. Johnson, and I'm also on YouTube under Melvin D. Johnson or Urban Watch Poetry, We Speak the Truth. Very cool. All right. And we will talk to you next week. Yes. Perfect. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm glad you were able to get on.
Thank you. Me too. Nikon. Good night. All right, everyone, you're listening to the Speakeasy Cafe, or you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe open mic poetry show. We're going to close the show out now. We'll see you next week, Thursday, same time. I'm going to play a track to finish the show with, and this is going to be by, uh, let's do Denisibo, poem in the voice of the cat I stayed with for 10 days. Here you go. Poem in the voice of the cat that I stayed with for 10 days. Day one. Meow. I don't know who you are, but you are not the person that loves me. There's a particular way that the things that I do here, your presence changes nothing. Day two. Oh, you're still here. I thought you would have left by now. People are constantly walking through these corridors. I pay no mind to them. You're no exception. Day three. You, sleeping in the bed that is not yours. Feed me. Do not think this interaction grants you permission to touch me. We all have to eat. Day four. I have assessed that you are no danger. Although you sit on my throne, I shall allow it. No blood shall be spilt on account of your ignorance. Just continue to meet my demands and you may stay. <laughs> I might even consider letting you caress my fur. Day five. Oh, oh this is an outrage. I, I, I've never been so insulted in any of my lives. I, I, I threw myself at your feet, extended an invitation for you to hold me, and you brushed me off to the side like I'm some sort of dog, some, some alley cat, some stray off the streets. Don't you know I am the decision maker here? Nothing changes if it does not suit me and you. Well, <laughs> Let's just say, I've shared my disappointment in spots across the house. I chuckled. Day six. Fine. You are forgiven. I must say, your patience does astound me. Despite our... I'm sleeping on the bed tonight. Accept it, for it is a fact. Day, day seven. Mm. And to think, I plotted ten different ways in which to eliminate you, but, but your hand on my back feel really nice. Now my ears, human, scratch behind my ears. Day eight. You are not the person I love. But there I found a spot on your chest that is warm. That is welcome home after being gone the whole day. When you sleep, I moonlight over your skin. That means touching my whiskers next to yours. I must make sure you are breathing. If not, who else will get my food? <laughs> Day nine. You are not the person that loves me, but you are water bowl reflection. You are paw print similar. You care about me more than these fans that come to adore me whenever the doors are open. Your intentions are pure. I thank you. Day 10. I woke up, and you were not here. Had I known your hand on my stomach last night was, was to be our last moments together, I would have clawed at your wrist, made it more of a challenge, as everything worth loving should be.